At last we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last we will have revenge. to the prophecy of the one who will bring balance to the force you believe it's this boy he can see things before they happen he can help you the force is unusually strong with him he was meant to help you Anakin! Tell him to take off! will i ever see you again what does your heart tell you are you sure about this trusting our fate to a boy we hardly know Anakin skywalker meet obi-wan kenobi I sense much fear in you. The boy is dangerous. They all sense it. Why can't you? Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Welcome to Sweep Delay Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike Magmasunas. How is everybody doing today? And I have a special guest with me. And that I'm w- also Mike Magmasunas. <laughs> How are you all doing today? <laughs> That's classic. I'll tell you, man, I still listen to that all the time, and I just die laughing every time you do it. And what's priceless is when Jason starts laughing at that, uh, I just die laughing. All my fans do, too. They thought it was hilarious. That was just totally random. I kind of pulled that out of my behind one day. I was like, eh, why not? (laughs) Oh, that was good stuff. So what's up, sir? How you been, man? I'm fine. How are you doing, my friend? I am doing good. Uh... Seems that uh, we're finally getting to talk some Star Wars. Uh, it's been kind of a long requested series, and uh, I know you were super excited about it because I don't think you've ever actually talked Star Wars in any of your podcasts before. Is that right? Not that I can remember, and I, you know, I'm a big fan of Star Wars. You know, Kirk, Captain Spock, the Enterprise, all of that. You know, I, I'm a big fan. <laughs> oh man, I don't know what to say to that. That's great. Um, yeah, I, I know what to say. Live long and prosper. That's good times. You know, I just told my fans I got into the Big Bang Theory a little while ago, and Sheldon's a big Trekkie man, I'll tell you. You ever watched that show? I uh, never heard of that. Wait, yeah, yeah, I've heard of that show. I've just never watched it before. Okay, well, there's this one guy. He's totally into Spock, and uh, he says a whole bunch of Star Trek crap all the time. It's hilarious. So. Right. Does he, like, find Spock attractive or something? You know, you say he's totally into Spock and all that, or am I reading that wrong? You're reading that wrong, sir. Okay, I, I'm just making sure, you know. Yeah, you'll have to YouTube it. Check it out. So. Okay. It, it's been a while since I've podcasted, so you folks will have to bear with me. Yeah, but it's okay. You uh, you catch on quick. It's just like riding a bike. So. Is it like training wheels or you know a three-wheeler or a, mo- a moped? What kind of bike we're talking here? Uh, I don't know. I was thinking regular bike, but if you want to talk training wheels, we could talk training wheels too. It's all good. Yeah, now I'm thinking about a little bike I had with training wheels when I was a kid that had Space Invaders on it. Awesome. You know, I had the Knight Rider Big Wheel. I was I was the bad boy in town when I had that sucker, man. And one of my cousins had one of those when uh, when we were kids, and I used to ride around on that thing all the time. It had the, the little uh the little handlebar piece was like the hood of the Trans Am. Yep, yep. And then was, it, yeah. it had its own braking system, so you could do a 360 and and just 
take out your friends. Oh man, it was awesome. And except the whole break thing never worked. I just kind of ran over people by accident. Yeah, this is true. Good times. All right, sir. Well, before we get into uh, episode one talk, why don't we get into some movie and music news? Sure, why not? Trying to fight this I'm asleep and all I dream of Is waking to you Tell me that you will listen Your touch is what I'm missing And the more I hide I realize I'm silencing you All right, so we're not going to do the whole, like, run-of-the-mill movie music news because, you know, I got Major League coming out, which I'll cover all that. But since you haven't been on in a while and we haven't talked, I know there's some upcoming movies and, and music and stuff I want to talk to you about real quick. Uh, you saw Piranha uh, in the theater. and oh, uh, yeah. And I had a blast watching it after I had your recommendation. And uh, I am super excited because I know how nasty and stupid and ridiculous piranha three triple d is gonna be so uh, i was just wondering are you gonna go see that sir are you pumped up for that well i mean i don't know what you're talking about at first i mean last time i checked it was a very family friendly movie <laughs> you're right uh when the girl when the two guys are carrying the girl and she splits in half uh the girl that gets her hair caught between the propeller and gets her face ripped off uh, oh, yeah and then don't forget uh jerry o'connell gets his stuff bit off and then in 3d gets it thrown in your face and you got to experience that in the theater so i thought i think you had a good time with that didn't you well i didn't have a good time with that part that was a little more literal than i needed but you know. <laughs> good times so yeah triple 
Triple D's coming out with David Hasselhoff. So we hopefully get to see David get eaten because, you know, I love Mr. Hasselhoff, but he's going to be the big douchebag of the movie. So, uh, Dude, why do you want to hassle the Hoff? Because I, I, that's what I can do, man. I, I love the guy, man. So you got to mess with the Hasselhoff. So. Hey, and for all you Smallville fans, uh, somebody else, uh, two other folks are going to be in that movie, too. And that would be Chloe Sullivan and Sam Jones III. And then the girl from Friday the 13th, the main girl with Jerry Padalecki. She's in that movie, too. Yeah, that's true. Hey, Variety the 13th this past weekend, and Jared Padalecki posted on Twitter, said, I wonder if you folks are watching a certain movie. I was like, holy crap, I completely forgot about that. I know, I love that. That was great. I was like, oh, I totally got to watch that. Because, you know, in my opinion, that is the best horror remake that has come out, hands down. Uh, out of all the horror remakes that have come out, that's the one I think did the best justice. Uh, had a new twist on, you know, I just love it. So I think you kind of feel the same way, too, because we both hate the Rob Zombie trash. But I think, don't you like the Friday the 13th remake the best as well? That's actually the first Blu-ray I ever bought. Awesome. That's a good pick, sir. Yeah, I agree. And, yeah, it wasn't the greatest movie, but compared to, you know, other remakes, it's pretty decent. I mean, I enjoyed it, and that's what matters. So, you know. Right, right, exactly. Uh, you know, Michael Bay's taking over, uh, taking over Halloween now. And, uh, you know, me, you, and Stars, we were all on Twitter saying I don't think it could get any worse than what Rob Zombie did. Uh, the only thing I gave him credit for was making an incredible mask. So, uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm anxious to see what Michael Bay is going to do with this. So. Well, the mask wasn't bad in the first one, but in the second one, when it's like half ripped off and crap, that was pretty stupid looking. Yeah. I, I Number two, that's like my number one worst movie in all of history is that movie. Ugh total garbage i hate it you mean it's worse than the roaring shark yo yeah i love the roaring shark compared to halloween 2 uh utter trash just ugh, nasty don't even get me started on halloween 2 and i think you hate it with as much passion as i do which is what makes us such great friends is because you totally despise that movie as well so well that's because it's crap exactly total crap horrible crap uh, but yeah, uh, you hear about the Ninja Turtles situation, Alien Turtles. Um, stupid. <laughs> oh, I knew that was coming. Um, yeah, Ninja Turtles are now going to be Alien Turtles. But like I said before, uh, I'm just going to kind of see what happens and uh, I'll kind of give my opinions, I guess, after I see trailers and and all that good stuff. We'll see what happens. So. It's kind of like the stupidity of like if they had a Voltron movie, because I remember hearing rumors about that a few years ago, but they were going to put Voltron on Earth. I'm like, why? Right. What's the point? Well, we got Star Wars on Earth, and that was Masters of the Universe. That was awesome. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I love that movie. Such horrible, horrible cheese factor, but that's kind of how I always considered Star Wars was on Earth as Masters of the Universe. Um... So, yeah, The Avengers. You going to go watch that, sir? Oh, absolutely. Sweet. I'm really digging, looking forward to that, and I'm looking forward to the Spider-Man. Good deal, good deal. So, the whole talk about Mark Rufflio, or however his last name is, as Incredible Hulk, I don't know, man. I think I think he could be pretty good. Um, I'm Based on what I've seen in the trailers, you know, and granted, everybody's only going to see it for the Hulk. Who really cares? But I think he could pull it off, though. As far as I'm not Bruce going Banner. to see it just for the Hulk. Well, obviously. I'm just saying that they don't care about, you know, they just want to see the Hulk compared to seeing him on screen, you know. Uh, but I don't think he would be, I don't, I don't know, I think he'll be all right as Bruce Banner. So, 
it'll be fine. I mean, yeah, Edward Norton might be missed, but you know, it wasn't like you know a um, a Brandon Lee role of a lifetime type of thing that we're talking about here either. So I'm not I'm not broken up over it. True that. True that. Yeah. Yeah. We got a lot of good response on our crow episode, sir. A lot of people love that episode, man. It was good times. That's because the crow is awesome. Yes, it is. I finally got on Blu-ray. Uh, I, wait, I told you that that night that I got it on Blu-ray. Did you finally get it on Blu-ray? Because I know you said you hadn't got it yet. Yeah, like a few months after. It was like Black Friday. I found it at Best Buy for 5 bucks. Awesome. So did you check it out yet? Oh, well, yeah, I bought it. Well, I know you bought it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you watched it yet. Well, of course I watched it. Okay. So what did you think of the Blu-ray compared to the DVD? It's fine. The conversion was very good. I was pleased with it. And it comes with the digital copy. And I'm really more into, like, you know, the doing things with my movies and whatnot digitally now. Right. So it comes with the digital copy, and I was real happy about that. Good deal. And you have a backup for your backup, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay, good deal. You're on the right, you're on the right track because, you know, people have a backup, but most people don't have a backup for their backup. So I have mine locked in the safe. I I have my uh, I have my two terabyte hard drive that I put all my crap on, and then I have one that I back up that two terabyte hard drive and lock it in the safe. So if my house burns down or whatever, I have all my music and my pictures and my kids and all that stuff, you know, hopefully in a fire safe that will, you know. So you keep your kids locked up in the safe? Yes, I. Mean, I... How, how does that work? <laughs> yeah, I keep them locked in the safe, and it's going good. Child services don't know yet, so. Well, maybe we shouldn't let them listen to this. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't. So, um, other than that, sir, is there any movie outside of The Dark Knight Rises that you're excited for watching this summer? Uh, there's quite a few movies coming out this year that I want to see. I just haven't gotten around to getting to the theater yet, so I've missed a few of them. But okay. it's no big deal. Good deal, good deal. Yeah, Cabin in the Woods, man, I heard is the new scream, the reinvention of horror. I have not heard one bad thing about this flick. So I so want to see this very, very soon. How about you? Well, I don't know if you, if there's a, a new scream, so to say, but <laughs> you know you, you can't recreate that. But I do want to see this movie. It looks pretty cool. Right. Well, what I mean recreate in the sense of how Scream redefined horror and how horror has gone down the torture porn path. And now this one is actually uh, written well, uh, shocking, and just overall really good so i'm hoping that uh it's as good as everybody says it is so well one can hope yeah one can hope so uh other than that sir that's what i got for movies so for music uh you're a big guns and roses fan right uh more like the older stuff when it was like the original crew okay so you heard about axel rose um not wanting to be a part of the guns and roses hall of fame he's not going to show up did you hear about that well, Axl Rose has always been a head case, so that doesn't surprise me at all. This is true. This is true. Yeah. Uh, when I heard that, I was kind of, uh, I don't know. I mean, you're, you're being inducted into a Hall of Fame. You would think that, you know, you would want to show up and, you know, you're you're kind of being, uh, I don't a know. A douchebag. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and call it like old school crossroads. Here we go. Axl Rose, you, sir, are a douchebag. This is true. This is true. Um, that yeah, that's that's the only one I wanted to ask you about. Um, let's get into I think what's going to be an awesome topic. Let's get into TV news. Too much TV. That's what my mother tells me. Okay, so TV news. Being human. Me and you, we love this show. In fact, I think oh, you sure. you watched first and uh, and totally just 
to, you know told me about it and stuff and and I love it. And I know Jason just recently got through season one and he's got to get through season two. Now I have the season uh, finale on my DVR. It's the only episode I haven't watched yet, and I know you said it was awesome. Overall, season two of Being Human, what'd you think? I was thoroughly happy with it. I thought it was excellent. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, I noticed it went way darker. And, and I mean, the show is dark, but I mean, it went really dark. Uh, good stuff. I mean, there was a lot of vampire, you know, blood loving, sucking going on. I felt like I was watching True Blood on sci-fi almost. Uh, I don't think this show could ever be as bad as True Blood. <laughs> uh, true. Uh, I don't mean in context. I just mean that actual scenery of seeing all the, you know, sexual blood stuff i was like oh my gosh and i've never seen true blood but i've heard that it's vampire porn basically but uh i know you've seen true blood but did you kind of feel like when you were when you were watching that that they were definitely going in a different direction in season two well sure they were and it's definitely nothing like the original show from the bbc show from what i heard because the first five or six episodes they were supposed to kind of mimic the bbc being human but then they or like went off and did their own thing and it was probably better not that i can judge because i never watched the original but you know you got jeremy carver in there who is the showrunner on supernatural he ran the first two seasons of being human and there's a lot of things that were referenced or used from supernatural in that show and well you can never go wrong with that exactly i hear you um i i love the werewolves you know i thought the werewolves because uh, there was more than w- one werewolf in this season um i thought it looked great i think i thought it looked even better than last season and uh and i just i love how each character i, I just every episode i would watch and be like wow this is a messed up show but you just love it you know every episode just you couldn't wait for the next one and i was just like how dark are you gonna take your heroes man i'm telling you it was some good good stuff and uh i don't know man i i just loved it i thought it was great hell yeah um season finale without spoiling it am i gonna be super excited uh i was thoroughly happy with the season finale excellent i can't wait I can't really say a whole lot because it might spoil some. Why haven't you watched that yet? What's wrong with you? Um, the wife, the wife's been sick for a little bit, so you know we kind of taped some stuff, and uh, you know, one, and then I had kids over, and obviously, you know, I couldn't put Being Human on because I was like, hey, we got Being Human to watch, but then we have like uh, age range from three to ten. So I was like, uh, should we put Being Human on? And she's like, maybe we should wait till they go to bed, and then they didn't go to bed till eleven forty-six. So. I don't know. Watch well, they get a few more liberties than most shows because of the fact they're on sci-fi, so they can do a few more things. But, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if it's anything uh, closely to what they do on True Blood because I've seen that show. And it's an HBO show, and, you know, HBO shows nudity for the sake of showing it. And, you know, it, it's just what it is. I, I'm not a fan of True Blood. Didn't care for it at all. Um if to me, I, I'm fine with stereotypical humor as long as the stereotypes are right, and that show doesn't get any of them. So, gotcha, um, gotcha. That's me. Good deal. Um, did you? What was the? What was the other show I was going to ask you about? John, a blank here. Oh my gosh. Have you seen Walking Dead? Uh, season one. I've been yelled at about watching season two. I haven't done it yet. Yeah, I'm um, gonna probably have to yell at you. Yeah, go ahead and yell at me because you, you will be the voice of the STL Nation. Go ahead, start the yelling. Go ahead. 
I'm just gonna say, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> There's a lot wrong with me lately. Um, I have a lot of psychological problems, I guess. So, uh, you know what's funny? What I told you, I was sick on the on the crow episode. I never realized you said red pill or blue pill. So that was kind of funny. I heard it afterwards when I posted the episode. I was like, that's what he said. So I guess I took the blue pill, and uh, that's what's wrong with me. Yeah, I don't even remember that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Walking Dead, man. Um, Good stuff. And you know, Walking Dead, I'll tell you. When I watched season one, I I was like, wow, they are getting away with a lot of stuff. I mean, the whole horse being, you know, ripped to pieces and, you know, bullets going through heads and brains everywhere. But then again, Supernatural, you know, our favorite Supernatural Talk about getting away with stuff that you don't normally see on TV, huh? What a great season. It's good stuff. Love this season. I am a humongous fan of season seven. Oh, love it. Oh, yeah. It is excellent. You know, last season I was, you know, definitely an advocate of it. A lot of haters on that. But I definitely can see after watching this season the humongous weaknesses that, you know, that were. I'm sorry about that. Uh, I hit something. But I can definitely see weaknesses of last season compared to this one. I love season seven. I definitely don't have any episode that I dislike that I think is actually below a three star. Most of them for me have been a four, four and a half star episode. Uh, But for you, sir, you haven't really spoken too much on your thoughts on the new season of Supernatural. So what are your thoughts so far? Well, I'm in agreement with most people. It's better than season six, although season six was not the greatest. It's definitely not bad compared to most other shows I've seen, so it's not a big deal. Season 7, I think the only real thing that kind of bugs me is where are the Leviathans? We haven't seen them a whole lot, but it's not like the stuff that they're replacing it with uh, in the meantime is not good. Right. Well, my honest opinion, and I think Padalecki has said this as well, that he kind of hopes that they get carried over to season eight. He doesn't really want them to end uh, this season because they're such a great character. So I, I'm with him. Well, you know, I would definitely want that myself. I have my own little ideas of what I'd like to see in season eight, but I'm not a writer. Maybe I should be, but you know. Right, right. Yeah, I've heard your ideas. It's some good stuff. Um, I'm thinking next year might be the last season, but who knows? Right now, it wouldn't surprise me. I've always been a fan of Supernatural going out on top, which I think it still is on top of its game. So I would not be opposed to them ending after season eight. I mean, even though, you know, who doesn't want more Supernatural? But Right, exactly. I don't want them to hit that rut, kind of like what Smallville did uh, at one point during its run. So I'm all for ending a little early. And right. I think see, I think seven seasons and eventually eight, because it's a foregone conclusion that there will be a season eight. I think it's a foregone conclusion about that. And I also say, well, you know, eight seasons is plenty good. How many shows these days get eight seasons? This is true. You know, I know you're not a fan of CSI Miami. Uh, I recognize its cheese factor, but I was watching what I thought was the season finale. And when I got to the last 10 minutes, I said, this sure is ending very happily. There's no cliffhanger. What's going on? And by the when it ended, I looked it up and it was the it was the season 10 series finale. And uh, I was like, wow, I didn't even know. I wish I would have knew it was a series finale because, you know, when you know, what's the last episode, you kind of watch it differently. But I was kind of shocked that it was the last episode, but it was on for 10 seasons. I enjoyed them. 
you know i know i know you're not a fan of that show but it's just kind of i said I, first thing i thought was smallville hey smallville was on 10 seasons you know csi miami was on 10 seasons but eight eight's a good number you know i really wouldn't push it that far well i'm like dean uh f- forget the procedural cop shows just saying <laughs> good stuff all right sir that's what i got for uh for all our news so let's jump right into how about some game news? Game, yeah, let's do that. Game news, awesome. I wanna play a game. Wanna play? <laughs> Resident Evil. Feel like a monster. That, that's you, some good stuff, sir. If you're not playing Star Wars: The Old Republic, why the heck not? Okay, so that, for clarification to everybody, that is a PC game, right? That is correct. Okay. So it's not on any console. Is it planning on coming to any consoles? Well, you you can't really do an MMO on a console. Okay. And for the illiterate gamers out there, what's an MMO? Uh, MMO is like short for MMO RPG, massively multiplayer online role playing game. Awesome. So uh, I haven't. World of Warcraft is an MMO. World of Warcraft MMO. Awesome. That's usually what people think of when they think MMO. Unfortunately, because that game blows. <laughs> Now, you were the host of the awesome show, Doomcast. Uh, great, great uh, podcast. Uh, I especially love your three-hour solo adventure. That was some good times. Um, but you have said numerous times that PC gaming is the way that you like to do it. I, I'll do anything I can. Any, any Whatever format a game is coming out, if I want to play it, I'm going to play it that way. Although... Since I've gotten the the old Republic game, I haven't really played much else. But I still want to play the new Resident Evil and the new Silent Hill games. Awesome. You know, uh, I had no idea we were getting two Resident Evil games. I thought we were only getting Operation Raccoon City. And then when I see a trailer for Resident Evil 6, my mouth dropped and I like almost peed my pants because I couldn't believe that. It was like such – I don't know. I had no idea we were getting that. And uh, it looks amazing. Hell's yeah, well, it's Resident Evil. Well, well, yeah, but I mean, we're getting Leon and Chris in the same flipping game. Uh, unfortunately, I think we get Ashley, too, based on the trailer. But Which I've been saying they need to do for over 10 years, but, you know, it just took them a little while. Yeah, you know, I love Resident Evil 5. I beat it, four, yeah. I beat it four times already. Uh, you know, one thing with Resident Evil is uh, you definitely have to conserve your ammo when you play the game. And one of the rewards that I love is the fact of you get unlimited ammo when you beat the game. And I'll tell you, when I had unlimited ammo beating Resident Evil 5, it was awesome. Uh, I can't... I think I used a rocket launcher or something, like, all the time. It was awesome. My wife would always be like, isn't that a little overkill when I take, like, five guys and or I take one guy and I use a rocket launcher and blow him up? I was like, why not? It's awesome. So... I remember the original game. After you beat it, you get the unlimited rocket launcher. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Resident Evil 4, I bought that, the HD conversion, the PS3. Man, I played that twice in like like two weeks. It was awesome. I, I still remember it exactly where to go, where there was a zombie going to come out. I mean, it was, you know, or I guess they weren't considered zombies in that game, were they? They were more, um, what was the virus they had in number four? Or were they considered zombies in number four? They were zombie-like. I don't, it wasn't like the T-virus or anything like that. Right. So out of number Resident Evil 4 and 5. Yeah. I just have... remember the, <laughs> we still laugh about this with me and uh, my sister and her husband. There's this – the little 
ghouls or zombies, whatever you want to call them, in freaking Resident Evil 4. They're running around and they're when they're chasing you and they're like mumbling, just like rambling. Oh, yeah, yeah. Random stuff. You could never tell what they were saying. And we could swear every time they do it, it sounded like they were saying, naughty STD. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. that I can still hear that. That's Go back awesome. and play that game and tell me if that's not what it sounds like. Oh, that is so good. You know, one of my favorite things I used to do is when uh, when Leon would go, when you're on top of that, uh, you go up the stairs and there's the guy with the red robe on and they're all in like that big dining room area. It's all like nice and white and stuff. And then I use my sniper and I'd shoot him in the head because once you shoot, they all run off to that one door. I can't remember which level it is, but I would always use my sniper and take out the guy in red and blow his head off. It was always awesome. And then the rest of his buddies would run off. And they were all chanting that uh, at the table they were at. And uh, love it, man. Good stuff. It's been a while, so I don't really remember. Yeah. Do you have a favorite out of four and five? Which one you like the best? Or do you like both equally? They're both pretty much equal. I like them both the same. Good deal. Now, Silent Hill. Uh, I have to confess I've never played Silent Hill. Oh, that's a bummer. I know, man. It sucks. Oh, never mind. <laughs> so what's uh, what do you love about Silent Hill? Silent Hill was always like Resident Evil, just more of a creepy aspect. Creepy aspect, gotcha. Yeah, it, it, it was more engaging from like it could pull you in and immerse you in its environment more because of the whole eerie type factor that the game has to it. It just felt more creepy. Whereas Resident Evil was all about the action and whatnot, Silent Hill tried more to try and scare you than it was about, you know, guns and rocket launchers and stuff. Gotcha, gotcha. That's how the original was. So the the newer ones, has it changed it up a little bit or no? No, they still try and do the same thing. Okay. Uh, that last one, Homecoming, that one was all right. Um, I think the new one looks a lot better, although I've not yet tried it because well, I, I, one thing that I do, I'm kind of like Jason. I know he mentioned this on some of our Doomcast episodes. I'll wait a long time before a game comes out, and when it goes on discount, then I buy it. Right, exactly. I try not to spend over 20 bucks for a game. Um, 30 bucks because it's usually greatest hits. You get brand new. Um, yeah, I try not to go over 30 bucks on those puppies. Uh, but there are some though. I've, I bought brand new. I bought infamous two new, you know, of course I got Batman Arkham city. Uh, I got the hundred dollar edition on that one. My uh, favorite game, my favorite game. Yeah. Yeah. You always give me crap about that, but it is man. It's my favorite game. That, that game within 45 minutes of gameplay murders Arkham asylum. Awesome. Wait, and you haven't played it yet. Have you? I have not. Oh, you know, what's so cool is, uh, my wife, my my wife doesn't play games. She is, uh, she sits next to me and she guides me through. She's a puzzle person, so any game that has lots of puzzles, uh, like the Uncharted series, has a lot. Uh, Batman has a lot of puzzles in this one because of the Riddler. She can always figure that crap out, especially Resident Evil, like Resident Evil Four, where you had to put the stupid stones. Uh, you know, you had to put the thing in the plank and try to figure out. You know, Resident Evil Four had a lot of stupid puzzles. Resident Evil's always been big on the puzzles. Yeah. From the first game all the way through now. And or like the window. You know how you had to put that symbol from the window. You had to use the three colors to eventually get that symbol in the window. That took me like an hour. 
But like when I had my wife there, she got in like two and a half minutes. She's like, oh, do this, this and this and you'll get your symbol. So when we play Arkham City, she could always see stuff that I could never see. And uh, immediately, I mean, you're taking on like 40 guys at once. I mean, I had like a, a 120 combo hit one time. It was awesome. And nice. uh, it's so – the weather is crazy. The snow is awesome. Um, the stealth is so much better. Um, it's just – it just murders Arkham Asylum. I mean, it's just the freedom you have to just go do a mission you want or do a side mission or the main mission. Uh, it's just amazing. So I, well, I think – Usually with video games – sorry not to cut no, you go off. Ahead. I was just going to say that uh, with – Unlike movies and you know shows and books and whatnot, most games the sequels tend to be better. This is true, agreed. Um, yeah. I can only think of one one game that I really love where the sequel was a disappointment in the video game as opposed to the original. Uh, what's that? That'd be a, a old survival horror game called Obscure. Oh, okay. You know, Spider-Man's, uh, you can either get a good one or you can get a bad one. Uh, I am looking forward to the Amazing Spider-Man game that's coming out because I just read in my new Game of Former yesterday how they're changing up the formula a little bit where you feel like Spider-Man 2 back in the PS2 game, the the PS2 days. Because when I first played Spider-Man 2, I thought this was the greatest. I was like, oh my gosh, I've never seen a game like this. Uh, so I'm excited for the new Spider-Man game. Hopefully, do you still have your PS2? I do. I have. Um, Holy crap! And here's the thing: the wife and me, we love to play Mortal Kombat. Um, uh, the one that has the chess. What's what's that one? What's that the, one called? Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Yep. And I always play the chess, and I purposely annihilate my whole entire board. She likes to play the puzzle, you know, the Tetris type game. But I love to play the chess, and I pick Baraka and Scorpion as my dudes, and I wipe out the whole entire board so I can hear the guy say, Annihilation. It's good. You mean Baraka? Yeah, Baraka. What did I say? Barack. Barack? Oh. Yeah, Barack. Yeah. Baraka. Yeah, the president Bar- is not in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> just, just letting you know. And uh, can you believe I finally beat the story mode of Mortal Kombat? I could not flip and beat Shao Kahn with Raiden forever. And I finally, finally did it like two weeks ago. So I finally unlocked uh, what's his face, uh, the white guy, um, sh- uh, the score, the uh, sorcerer guy. What's his name? Uh, that would be I think Quan Chi. Yeah, that guy Quan Chi. I finally unlocked that guy. So did you, did you finally beat Mortal Kombat? You probably beat that a long time ago, didn't you? The story mode. Oh, I beat that like the first few days I had it. Uh, I didn't know that you had to do the raid in, go behind, and then uppercut, behind, uppercut, behind, uppercut. Yeah, it was just two simple moves I had to do. I well, just, once I figure out my pattern, you're screwed. Yeah, because uh, I kept getting hit by that stupid hammer. Every He would throw it, and I could never jump over it or duck. I was like, oh, I hate that stupid hammer. Uh, good times, man. I love Mortal Kombat this year. Uh, great games, man. I had Infamous 2, which is a PS3 exclusive um, but you're probably more familiar with Prototype. I think that's on Xbox. I've uh, always wanted to try that game, and I've never gotten around to it. Which one? Prototype. Prototype. Yeah, number two is coming is out already. I think. Um, Maybe yeah. if I can find it real cheap someday. Yeah. But if you have a PlayStation Two, you can try Obscure. Awesome. You know what's funny? I I counted all my PS2 games because I got rid of a bunch of them, but I kept uh, Batman Begins. I kept all the uh, Mortal Kombat's. I kept Spy Hunter. That's the one with the rock in it. Uh, that game's awesome. I kept Jaws, Dukes of Hazard, 
Sonic Collection. Um, what else did I keep from that? Uh, Resident Evil 4, which now I got rid of because I got it on PS3. Um, man, I still have some of my PlayStation 2 games, although I don't remember what they were. When or... I when I play PS2, my eyes hurt. I seriously have to play it on a crappy TV because if I play it on my HD TV, I seriously my eyes hurt. But if I play it on a regular TV, I'm good. I don't know what the difference is there. That's weird. It is weird. I know, because I'm just a weird guy, I guess. Um, but yeah, I have a PS2. I got the the Wii, PS3, um, Nintendo DS, and uh, I still have Sega Genesis. I'll, I'll pull out. You should totally find Obscure on eBay and buy that. All right, I will. That's awesome. Uh, what games are you excited for outside of the Resident Evil series? Uh, I don't know. I haven't been really been following. I just know I want to play those too. So what's up with Doomcast? Are you calling it quits on that now? Because I know you got it going for a couple months. So I haven't heard. I haven't seen nothing on the feed. What's up, sir? I haven't made up my mind yet. Um, and I really don't control the feed anymore, so I'd have to get stars to let me do that or put it on another feed. And I'm just not ready to do podcasting full-time again anyway. Right, right. That's cool. That's cool. I can respect that. That's awesome. That's what the guest starring uh, is for, right? I'm your guest host with the mouse. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to trademark that, sir. Good stuff. Yeah, I forgot. I when you mentioned video games, I was like that. I slapped myself in the head because I thought that's the thing I wanted to talk to you about. Because we always talked about getting together to talk video games, but never had a chance to do it. Um, but Arkham City, though, man, that should be coming down on the price very soon because it's uh, it's been out for I don't know seven months now. All right, here here it is. It, it's the tie sweep the floor challenge. Okay. Are you, re- are, you, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. If you go find Obscure and play that, I will play Arkham City. I thought you were going to play Arkham City anyways. I'll just speed up that process because it may not come up soon. Okay. Uh, how about this? You send me a link to Obscure on eBay where I can buy it so I don't have to go search for it. And if it's a good price, you know, like under ten bucks, I'll buy it. I'll play it. If you're that lazy, you can't look it up. This is true. <laughs> hey man, I got five kids to feed. I'm busy. Yeah. What you talking about? <laughs> I saw the Total Recall trailer. I like, you know, I always my favorite part of Total Recall is I got five kids to feed. I love that guy. I have not seen that trailer yet, but I want to. Um, I have to admit, I was pleasantly surprised, and now I want to go see it. Cause I was I was hating on it, man. The whole idea and everything. My wife's still pissed off though that uh, Kate Beckinsale is playing Sharon Stone and not playing Arnold's girlfriend. She thinks that should be reversed. So because I don't care. Jessica Biel is playing uh, is playing the girlfriend. So it's all good. It's all good though. The trailer looks amazing though. I'll tell you, Colin Farrell, man, that guy. He did a good job on Fright Night remaking that, so I think he'll do a good job on remaking Total Recall. So, so yeah, that movie was okay. It's one of the few remakes that was good. Um, so yeah, other remakes. Um, where would you rate as far as you know your favorites for the remakes that came out? Would you say Friday Thirteenth probably the best? And then Fright you- Night was pretty decent. It's almost as good as the original movie. Okay, me I consider it better than the original, but that's okay. What um, if they should remake episode one? Of Star Wars? Yeah. 
All right, let's. Why don't we just jump right in, sir, to uh, to Star Wars Episode One? Unless you got any more gaming talk you want us. I'm good. I'm I'm ready to roll. Let's do this. I will not condone a course of action that will lead us to war. A communications disruption can mean only one thing: invasion. At last, we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last, we will have revenge. Begin landing your troops. We haven't much time. The Federation has gone too far. The death toll is catastrophic. Our people are dying, Senator. We must do something quickly. You must contact me. There is something else behind all this, Your Highness. They will kill you if you stay. I can only protect you. I can't fight a war for you. I think we're going to have to accept Federation control for the time being. This is a battle I do not think that we can win. I will sign no treaty, Senator. You said people gonna die? Once those droids take control of the surface, they will take control of you. I was not elected to watch my people suffer and die while you discuss this invasion in a committee. Get me your ships! They will never get me onto one of those dreadful starships. Always two. There are a master and an apprentice. You're good. Okay. I'm actually in Old Republic right now, so I can get the whole Star Wars feel going. Good deal. All right, so I just watched this again yesterday, man. And I'm on Tatooine, so hey, Tatooine was in the movie. Good deal. Okay, so the uh, the plot summary. Do you think we should get into the plot summary, or do you just want to just talk this film? What do you want to do? Well, you kind of can't talk the film without talking the plot. All right, well, I guess we could... Uh, We'll talk the plot summary because I guess we'll have some comments as we go through this. But here's something I had no idea of. I had no idea until this morning. I've always said to my wife, I said, did you ever notice Kira Knightley looks just like Natalie Portman? And she goes, yeah. And I just found out that Kira Knightley is who plays uh, the queen when uh, when Natalie Portman is playing Padme. Well, I'd... one thing that's also unique about episode one is that it's the only movie of star wars besides the original trilogy that has uh, a hamel in it a hamel mm-hmm. what's that mark, mark mark hamel oh mark hamel yeah a hamel <laughs> stop 
Hamill time. <laughs> oh, good times. Mark Hamill's son has a cameo in the movie. Good deal. Awesome. Um, did you know Willow and E.T. are in this film? Well, I knew E.T. was. I didn't know Willow was. Maybe he's dressed up as the leprechaun. Uh, Willow is actually in the pod race scene. He's the one next to... Um, He's the one next to Jabba the Hunt. My wife's like, hey, look, Willow. And then I pause, and there he was. And then she sees uh, E.T. I was like, she's like, did you just see E.T.? I was like, where? And I pause it. I'm like, sure enough, there's three E.T.'s just sitting there. I was like, holy crap. That's awesome. Well, yeah, they're cheering on the pod race. Good times. All right, sir. So we got this crazy plot, which is the boring uh, Trade Federation plot, um, I'd like to say. Um, there's some good things I like in this film, and I'm sure there's a lot of crap that you want to bash. So uh, I guess we'll get there when we get there. Um, but for those of you who do not know what the plot of this film is, um, the Galat... You've been on a strange rock somewhere located far, far away from Earth. Exactly. So the Galactic Republic. Do you have any idea what that is, sir, that you the want gal- to... The Galactic Republic? Well, yeah. Sure. That's what the Empire was before the Empire became the Empire. All right. So that's for you people that did not know. So uh, essentially, this republic is in a period of decline. So there's this taxation on traded routes. It's like trade a, routes. Yep. Yep. It's this trade federation which organizes a blockade of battleships around the planet of Naboo. So Naboo, why is that? Uh, why is that a famous planet? Well, that's because that's where Palpatine's from. Yes. And Anakin's mommy. Okay, question for you. Uh, is the Emperor uh, the same guy in the original trilogy? I say yes. Well, of course he is. Okay, cool. I've always thought that, uh, but I never looked it up, though. I just always said, holy crap, that guy's still alive, and they got him to play the Emperor again? Awesome. Uh, good times. Yeah, you just got to remember, he's a, he's a senator before he becomes the Emperor, and the whole thing of the prequels is him plotting to seat become you know rest ultimate power and become the emperor right i just thought that they got another guy that looked like him but it nope, wasn't that's ian mcdermott that's awesome all right so we got the supreme chancellor uh valorum yeah finis yeah that's his total, first name yeah total we, idiot <laughs> but it's played by terrence stamp who is Zod from Superman 2. It's a good time seeing Terrence Stamp, don't you think? Now, see, if he was wearing all black and flew around, maybe Palpatine wouldn't have got the power. <laughs> I'm saying maybe he wouldn't have lost his chancellorship. This is true. If he'd have been right off the bat, would everybody in the Senate kneel? Before maybe Zod. he wouldn't have had a problem. You this know is what I'm true. saying? Yeah, it, it could be. Um, so what does he do? He dispatches two Jedi Knights, who's, uh, one of them is Qui-Gon played by the awesome Liam Neeson. And uh, I have to say, I think Liam Neeson was always awesome, but I think this made him in pimp status. What do you think? I liked him in the role as Qui-Gon. Yeah. I thought Qui-Gon was a good character. Very good character. I enjoyed him. Uh, I have to admit, everybody's pretty wooden in this film outside of uh, you know Qui-Gon, um, you know, Obi-Wan, uh, the Queen, uh, I mean, even little Anakin still has uh, a little bit of heart here and there. But, I mean, obviously, you're like the Queen's dude, uh, whatever that, that servant guy is. And th- those Captain guys. Panaka. Yeah, that guy is totally wooden. When I watched it, I was like, could you do your lines any better than that? Seriously. Well, 
I've seen all of these people and, you know, briefly mentioning Hayden Christensen from the other two movies. I've seen all these actors in other movies, and these people are not bad actors. I attribute the wooden acting more to Lucas's directing and writing. True that. Um, and it's not all bad. Ian McDermott is money no matter what he does. Yeah, definitely. Um and I thought uh, Ian McGregor, I thought he did an excellent Obi-Wan Kenobi in all three films. I know we haven't, we're not talking two and three yet, but I love him, man. I thought he was excellent as Obi-Wan in this one. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yep. He, uh, he's good times, man. I mean, uh, what do I want to say about Obi-Wan? Uh, he's definitely, he definitely has the character, uh, you know, throughout this film that we know and love in the original trilogy. I thought Ian would, Ian McGregor was excellent in the way he portrayed the role. It, 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 I could see the young Ewan McGregor Kenobi slowly becoming the Alec Guinness Kenobi that we get in the original trilogy. Exactly. Um, it's so the, the voice and the attitude, it, the you know, the way he carried the character. I think he studied Alec Guinness really well and did a good job. Yeah, definitely. So here's the thing. Um, kind of skipping a little. I'm not skipping a little bit, but I just got an overall question. In my opinion, the green Luke Skywalker Return of the Jedi lightsaber is my all-time favorite lightsaber. That's essentially the badass lightsaber that proves that you are a Jedi Knight, which explains to me why Qui Gon has the green lightsaber. And to me, the blue means that you're just a brown belt, a brown belt in your martial arts. So you would eventually get promoted to green. So why does Obi Wan keep the? Why not keep the green one at the end of the film? Why does he go back to blue throughout the rest of the series? I was just curious. Do you have I, any thoughts on that? I don't think that it ever really was explained. I never really noticed that until you just mentioned it. Yeah, that I've, I've always that's but always kinda, been my opinion. To contradict your theory a little bit, I mean, Luke might be a, a Jedi Knight at the end of Return of the Jedi, but he's not a Jedi Master, and he has a green lightsaber. Oh, when we get there, we'll get we'll debate this, sir. It's going to be some good times because well, there's no no debate. It's right there in the movie. He has a green lightsaber. Well, yeah, I'm, but you're saying that Luke isn't a master. He's so the master, man. He totally is awesome. There's no. Nah, I don't know about that. Yeah. I don't know, man. You want to start debating Return of the Jedi now? Because, uh, you know, I'm just going to say Return of the Jedi is my favorite out of the whole series. So That's fine. You know, it's, not the be- it's not the best movie, but it is your favorite. That's fine. But that lightsaber, though, in Return of the Jedi by Luke Skywalker, amazing. And I just bought it. Uh, the uh, I just bought it the other day. Um, I put it up on Facebook. I love it. It's the last Star Wars collectible I said I'd ever buy, and I got it. So I I've always been it. a fan of the blue ones. You always you like the blue ones over the green ones? Yeah. Uh, and it's pretty cool because one of, one of my little characters on Old Republic, if you remember in Episode Four, the blue was like a really light blue. Right. And later on, they're like the like a royal blue. I've got one of each color on my car on my little dude because he carries like two lightsabers and kicks ass with it. It's fun. Awesome. I played the uh, the brisk lightsaber thing uh awesome awesome app i love that game uh you get to switch between the lightsabers so cool although the in, in the force unleashed there's like this secret uh little place in the death star where you can find a black lightsaber and wow that's amazing i hate that game that game sucks i hate it tune in next week folks and <laughs> he's talking episode one with someone else because i've gotta go <laughs> 
Oh man. Okay, here's the deal with the with the Force Unleashed. What my issue is, I thought that I got to be a Jedi. Instead, I get to be a stormtrooper. I gotta fly ships. It's hard. What are uh, you talking about? Maybe it's because it was the. I don't know. I. I don't think you're talking about the same game, dude. I never played a stormtrooper in the Force Unleashed. The Force Un. Okay, wait. I'm Battlefront. There. I'm sorry. Not the Force right. Unleashed. Force Unleashed is the one with Sam Witwer, dude. Dude, I'm sorry. I was. I was so thinking. Uh, battle. What is that? Battle. Battle. It's Battlefront. It's Battlefront. a first-person shooter. Yep. Battlefront. That was the first Star Wars game that I got on the PS2. That I heard all this hype behind it, so I paid sixty bucks for it, and I was so pissed that I returned it because I was like, I don't get to be a Jedi. What's up with this? Force Unleashed. You're right. That game's amazing. Yep. Actually, you can, but you gotta like get like a certain amount of kills and do this or that in order to play like Vader and Yoda and all that. Right. But- you should have bought that on PC because first-person shooters are really better on a PC than they are on a console. Gotcha. Awesome. So, yeah, good deal. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about that, man. I got my games mixed up there. Oh, you're about to hurt my heart, man. It's all, wow. the, it's all the crack I did last night, I guess. I don't know. I... Probably so. I mean, I told you to stop. We had to record today, but, you you know, you don't listen. Well, well, Stars didn't have her bong handy. For me to use, so I had to use another method, I guess. So. Yeah, I think she broke it. She was trying to get a new one. Yeah. What are you going to do? So uh, I guess back to the, the story here. Um, essentially, the two Jedis try to negotiate with the Trade Federation. Uh, this, uh, what's this guy's name? Newt Gunray. Newt Gunray. Yeah, that guy. In hopes of resolving this issue. Your plan has failed, Lucidius. Viceroy. I don't want this stunted slime in my sight again. I'll tell you, I love the Emperor, man. I think he's awesome. Uh, I mean, he does an excellent job of playing the, uh, this, you know, the the good senator and then the awesome Emperor. He does a perfect balance. I mean, that's it, because Ian McDermott is awesome. Well, of course, but I'm just saying. Let's say you had no idea. Let's say you're watching this in order, okay? You had no idea about the original trilogy. You would not think watching this film that this is the same guy. I mean, they definitely do a great job of making you not believe the senator is really the emperor. Don't you agree? You know, I'd have to ask someone that I do know someone that had never saw the original trilogy and watched it in new, all six films in the numerical chronological order. I mean, it's I can't look at it that way just because I had seen, you know, I grew up with the original trilogy. So I know going in no matter what that what how it's going to turn out you know what i'm saying yeah I, I hear you what's funny is is my wife and this probably has to do with uh just being around certain people but she was always having the uh original trilogy kind of shoved down her throat so she pretty much put a big wall up in regards to star wars so when i don't like you with star trek you got this right and i will never watch a star trek film because of it so just saying again folks it was nice <laughs> talking with you I, i've got a <laughs> Uh, but Ty, though, for the record, is trying to convince me. Which, based on your uh, your uh, your past episode, I do actually want to watch the funny one. I think that was number four, right? That's the yes. one where they go to Earth. Yeah, Star that, Trek Four, Free Willy. Yeah, Free Willy. I that is the one I did tell you that open heartedly I would watch that. Uh, with no with no hesitation, no wall whatsoever. I would definitely watch that just because you you guys made it sound hilarious and just a good time. And uh, I would definitely check that out. So, But this is true. I definitely had a wall with Star Trek. Uh, I got that from my brother. Uh, never got that with Star Wars. But my wife 
watching this one, uh, she came along just kind of, you know, it was, we were first dating. So she wanted to kind of, you know, go along with me and she actually loves and adores this trilogy and she does not like the original. She can't stand the original, but she loves these three films. So uh, I'm obviously going to disagree with that, but to each their own. Right, to each their own. I mean, uh, she loves the Ewoks, which, you know, who doesn't love the Ewoks? Um, Dude, are you kidding? People hate the Ewoks. I know they hate the Ewoks. I love the Ewoks. I think they're priceless. I, they're great. I love the Ewoks. No, what I hate is Gungans. <laughs> Gungans. So what are the Gungans, for those who don't know? Well, Gungans are this little amphibious-looking type alien species, um, most made notably famous or notorious by a certain character that we see uh, introduced in episode one. And who would that be? This is Jaja Binks! <laughs> He's the most annoying character <laughs> in all of Star Wars. Uh, I knew that was coming. So, Jar Jar... All right. Yeah. Here, so let's talk about him right yeah. here on Let, Slaughter the Banks. Right here, right now. Uh, I do want to say that his boss, the guy that uh, does the the mouth thing where the slobber comes out. Boss Nass. Yeah, he's awesome. I love that guy. I think he's hilarious. He's an idiot. He's an idiot, but he's good times. Why didn't they nuke the Gungans? I don't know. Really? Uh, why do you think people hate Jar Jar so much? Because of his voice? Because he's over the top stupid his voice is annoying i mean here's the thing star wars always had comic relief from day one right in 1977 that's what r2 and 3po were there for exactly you did not need to bring in yet another comic relief one that is just so freaking over the top it drives people nuts i am a card carrying member of the i hate jar jar club <laughs> See, episode one would have been so much better had he ended up on the end of somebody's lightsaber. <laughs> Through the face. Through the face. Shot in the face. Shot in the face. In your face. In your face. Um, I'll tell you. I do – the only time that I enjoy Jar Jar is there's one scene where he says, how would I, that that I actually laugh at I think is hilarious. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. But he says that like three or four times. It's the first time he says it. That's the time that I enjoy his character. Um, other than that, yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. We should just shoot Jar Jar. Um, but luckily, we don't have to deal with him too much in Are the next two movies. Uh, he's definitely toned down. I mean, think about it. He's definitely not all over the place like he is in this movie. Zero would have been better. Well, yeah, zero would have been better. I mean, think about it. Towards the end of the film, he's being an idiot, and he's miraculously shooting all these droids uh, as he's tripping over. Uh, I mean, just what a character. Clumsy. Ridiculous. It was just a stupid character. It wasn't necessary. It's way over the top. Jar Jar is what brings down the movie in most people's eyes, and I would agree with that. Yeah, I would too. Why do you think George Lucas thought that this would be a very good character or an interesting character to bring into the film? I don't know. Maybe the sun out there is too hot and, you know, it hit his head for too long. Who knows? Yeah, I hear you. Uh, supposedly, he, I guess, had this character in mind in the original trilogy and thank god he never brought that in i don't think he had ever intended that and he was right not to yeah he was uh but you're right jar jar definitely i think if you would take him completely out of the film 
would definitely probably raise this at least one star for most of the people out there uh, on this film. Yes. Um, so are we done bashing Jar Jar? Um, or do you want more? Do you have more to do? Um, make a whole nother movie with just him getting a saber through his face multiple times. Then I'm good. Um, isn't there a video game you can do that in? I don't know. Is there a Slaughter the Gungan game? <laughs> we should make one. What do you and think? I just want to like use the force and like rip him limb from limb. I just want to shred him. Well, what they could do is is we could ask the um, makers of Mortal Kombat instead of you know Freddy Krueger, you know all these additional guys right into the game. They could add Jar Jar to the game, and then I, I wouldn't want to taint Mortal Kombat with that. But you would get your opportunity to destroy him. Yeah, it's a trade-off. You think so? Yeah. All right. All right. Can, the, the, the pleasure of it might not be worth having to see his face or hear that voice ever again. Yeah, this is true. All right, so we'll skip Jar Jar here and, uh, and we'll move on. So, um, so the Sith Lord Darth Sidious, um, he orders the Viserai, or Viceroy. Viceroy, thank you. That's always an interesting word. To kill the Jedi and invade Naboo with this army of battle droids. Now, I love the droids. I, I I love the fact that they have droids in this film because of the fact that they get to tear these guys limb for limb and there's no dudes under the suit. It's like they get to kill them. So. Well, you get that, and it adds to the story as well because it goes to show Palpatine, uh, as he eventually will become Emperor, you know, spoiler alert, <laughs> that, okay, this isn't how – this isn't the army or the type of soldier I'm going to be able to do with this with. I need – you know, basically humans, so right, to speak. Right. Which kind of goes in line with uh, some of the expanded universe stuff. I don't know if you know any of that stuff. I, I know a little bit about it. And it actually, in the Old Republic game, at the time it takes place, is the Sith Empire. And they're kind of racist in regards to that they really don't like aliens. They think that all species are like beneath, you know, Sith humans. Right. So. When Palpatine sees that the droids aren't really worth a crap and how easily they're defeated, they can't really think for themselves. And, you know, at the end with the whole droid ship, they're all controlled by this one spot. You blow that up and the whole army's obsolete. It goes to show that, okay, maybe this isn't the best idea. Let's look into some other way or means of getting an army. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, and I, I really like the guys in the later movies. Um, good times. Uh, but, but the droids though, I, I do enjoy in this first movie just because it's the first time I got to see some lightsabers cutting through some pieces and, uh, and it was excellent. Hell yeah. Um, so let's just right away talk about the lightsaber scenes in this film. Amazing, amazing, well, amazing. I mean, this is the best lightsaber battle at the end that's in all six movies. Agreed, 100%. I mean, let's let's be honest here. Darth Maul is – I love this guy. He gets the shaft in this film. He's in it for, I don't know, seven minutes, if that. Um, and that's, is, that's a joke, by the way. But This is my apprentice, Darth Maul. You know, a guy that you, you put on all the toys and all your advertisement, his face is everywhere. You would think this guy would be in the film more. What's up with that? 
again, every as awful as Jar Jar is, if you would take the amount of screen time Jar Jar has, the amount of screen time Darth Maul has, and reverse them, that would probably bring that movie up two stars. I agree, one hundred percent. Because Darth Maul is awesome. He is beyond awesome. I mean. Uh, he is just uh, at the time. I don't think I had ever seen. A, I, there wasn't actually a two-sided lightsaber. I mean, that was unheard of. And no, he was the first to do it. Yeah, and I mean Ray Park. I mean, guy's flipping awesome. He's in. He's an excellent martial artist. We, he was in. He was Toad in X Men. He's also in GI Joe. Uh, I mean, this guy is. This guy is amazing. Uh, I know his voice was dubbed over for Darth Maul. They got another guy to do it, but just the way he looks, he looks like a flipping demon. He's just so awesome looking. And his his portrayal of Darth Maul, I much preferred Darth Maul over Toad. Oh yeah, you know, to me, I mean, these three movies essentially make Darth Vader be the good guy. You know, because you're so used to Darth Maul, Darth Vader being, you know, the ultimate bad guy, and then when you watch these three, you realize he's really a good guy who just went down a, a bad path. Which essentially, when they say he'll bring balance to the Force, he does. You know, spoiler alert, he brings balance by killing the Emperor at the very end, you know? Um, well, one, one of the complaints I think that people may have with the prequels, and it's not really a complaint for me, is that before, prior to the prequels, Luke Skywalker was the story. When the prequels come out, Anakin slash Vader becomes the story. And I think some people took issue with that, although I'm not really one of them. Right. I mean, how else could you do it? I mean, it makes perfect sense. Take your take your villain and redeem him. And the ultimate way to redeem him is to show him as a good guy, how he got to the – which, you know, we'll get to number three, how, in fact, he went the bad way. But all in all, though, by the end of the series, he went back to being the, the you know, the good guy. And the your character was fully redeemed through six films but i mean my favorite bad guy is definitely darth maul this guy is just beyond awesome well darth maul is episode one he if the prequels would have been even better the other two had darth maul be basically been you know the main baddie of the whole three right why in the hell did they kill this guy off what were they thinking it was the stupidest idea ever i I, again i attributed to lucas not knowing what he was doing (laughs) Agreed. Um, Darth Maul, amazing. Uh, I mean, it helps with the uh, with the music. You know, the uh, the song that's played during this during this fight. Duel of the Fates. Uh, Duel of the Fates. I mean, this video actually hit MTV. I mean, it, it was very popular on on the choice for VH1 and MTV. I mean, this was number one. So I mean, even though there was no lyrics, the whole video and this fight. I mean, it was epic. Everybody agrees how epic this uh, lightsaber fight was at the end. But just overall, how awesome Darth Darth Maul is. Just amazing. Well, like I said, best fight of the entire six films is right there. Exactly. Oh, agree. Good stuff. So, uh, so yeah, um, that's Darth Maul. Um, so in the, going back to the story, so the two Jedis escape the attempt on their lives by, uh, using this land craft and they escape to Naboo. Uh, They're going up the ventilation shaft. Yeah. But before that, uh, they get attacked by these big old fish. Love the fish. Good, good special effects. Good that, that was all right, but it was kind of, it got 
even though it was short lived, it was a bit redundant because they're going through the planet core and, you know, the one fish chases them, bites the ship, and then another fish bites that fish. Then they get through the core and, you know, another fish is chasing them and another fish bites that fish. That part was a little redundant, but, I mean, it looked great. Right. I mean, you're right. The first time they did it, it should have, when he says there's always a bigger fish, they should have just ended that joke and just call it a day. I agree with you there. Um, what's funny is the first time I watched it, I said, how are they breathing underwater? And then I recognized the things in her mouth and I said, well, how'd they get dry? And they never explain it in the film, but supposedly somebody says that Jedi's are able to dry out of water real fast or some crap like that. I don't know. But yeah, I've never heard that. Yeah, I never heard that either. But it was just something I read. I was like, you guys are coming up with the lamest excuses because they're trying to figure out, well, why did this scene do this and why did this scene do that? But Well, maybe the Gungans had giant blow dryers that you walk through. We just didn't see them on camera. Yeah, could be. There you go. The, 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 the urban legend is now solved. There you go. There you go. So, uh, so Qui-Gon saves a Gungan outcast, Jar Jar Binks, which we already talked about, from being crushed by... Uh, his federal tank, uh, Federation tank. Biggest mistake of your life, Qui-Gon. <laughs> Worse than fighting Darth Maul, just it, saying. This is true. So Jar Jar is unfortunately indebted to him because, you know, they want to kill Jar Jar, which they should have. But he's like, he owes me a life debt. And now Jar Jar has to stick around for the rest of the movie. So, yeah. But anyways, he takes them to this underwater Gungan city. And uh, there the Jedi's unsuccessfully, because I can't talk today, attempt to persuade the Gungans to help them, uh, help the people of Naboo. And uh, that's kind of when we get to, uh, you know, we get to the good stuff. For me, this movie picks up when we hit Anakin. This kind of when it becomes more Star Wars-ish to me. Well, see, I was into the story long before that. I mean... One one thing I noticed right off the bat that I thought he did a good job with is at the very beginning of the movie when we're in the Trade Federation ship, there's something about the, the whole design and whatnot. I felt like he still kept into the spirit of what the originals looked like, right. and I enjoyed that. Just the way the ship designed, uh, the design of the ship, the way it was lit, the colors and whatnot, I really dug that. Yeah, it's good stuff. So right there, just little things like that, the little nuances, uh, I'm right off into the story. Well, I think it's more in the middle when it starts to drag. You know, I mean, I can deal with the whole Trade Federation thing because it, it wasn't dragging the story down. It was, okay, you got some set up, that's cool, this is how we're all going to meet our characters. But it's when they start doing the whole, like meet before everybody, all these hundreds of aliens and stuff, and it starts to really... Ugh, I don't know. It starts to really bog it down for me. And kind of in the middle of the movie when they start doing – they spend more time on the whole trade federation. And that's just so them, the senator can get elected and all that other crap. Well, the whole thing of the trade federation is Palpatine or Slash Sidious is scheming the whole time. He's behind the whole thing. Right. Although he never is seen as being the person behind the whole thing, hence the title, The Phantom Menace. And I thought the story of the Trade Federation was fine. Uh, it, it was a perfect little scheme by Palpatine to get the wheels in motion of him seizing power. So what's your issue with the story outside of Jar Jar then? Uh, none. None? So, you, so overall plot-wise, you're okay with You're good. I thought the plot was fine. I mean, you can talk up, you can debate whether or not the execution of it was good or not, but the story itself I thought was fine. Okay. Um, do you have any specific examples of where you think the execution failed? 
Uh, let me think. See, you put me on the spot here. It's kind of like taking a test. All of a sudden, you get posed with a question, and you're like, "Holy <laughs> crap, what's the answer?" Well, there's no uh, there's no Jeopardy uh, countdown here. So if if you want to think about it and get back to me, you can do that. You know, um, offhand, just right off the top of my head, I can't think of any. I mean, other people might be able to cite you some examples, but just right off the bat, I can't really think of any right now. Okay. Well, we have uh, in the emails, uh, we got some interesting points in there. So I, I guess we can address that when we get there. Um, but yeah, let's, we still got a lot more movie to talk here. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, when we get introduced to Queen Amidala. Yeah, this Portman. is Star Wars. Even if it's episode one, we're not half-assing this baby. Yeah, that, that's true. Um, I, my wife, this is the reason why my wife loves and adores these three films is because of Queen Amidala. She went out and bought dolls and action figures, anything that had her face on it because she loves badass chicks. Well, Padme is the prequel version of Leia and that was obviously done intentional. She's the strong, you know, headstrong young woman who isn't afraid to pick up a gun or, you know, use her wit when needed. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, DNA, it's Leia's mom. And you got to, uh, they almost got to make her more badass than Leia. Now, I think there's only one scene that I can think of. I mean, you, you talk about execution, where I'm thinking where you know the execution might have been a little better. I thought her acting was a little stale when she's pleading to the Gungans to get them to help her fight the Trade Federation. Yeah, I I don't know. I thought she was fine there. I think it's more when she's in that humongous costume and she's got to talk. I mean, she can't flip and move her head. So I think she had a hard time uh, communicating when she was in that humongous. She's perfect when she's just a Padme. I mean, I know they're the same person, but when she's playing Padme, she's definitely. Say that name again for me. Padme. Okay. Is, isn't that how it's supposed to be said? Padme. Padme. Oh. No, 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 no third A. <laughs> no third A. All right. No middle A. So Padme. There you go. <laughs> Maybe that was my wife always called her that, and I guess I just I just ran with it. It's okay. But, Only right here on Kiss the Padme. On Kiss the Padme. There you go. But yeah, um, for me, the only time I thought that she was okay, that she wasn't great, is was just when she had the humongous flipping red uh, outfit on, the big head. Uh, but hey, that's fine. You know, I I thought I didn't think she phoned in at all. I mean, it's definitely the beginning of Natalie Portman that you know. Well, I don't think none of them phoned anything in. Again, I, uh, you know, dialogue. This is the dialogue is one of the worst things of the prequels to me over everything of all three of them. Okay. The, the, some of the dialogue is just so damn campy, it's irritating. <laughs> and her her whole delivery of uh, you know, uh, I I come to ask, no, I beg you uh to help us, blah blah blah. That was just kind of wooden to me. Okay. And, Again, that goes to, I think, the line. It's like she said it too fast with no conviction whatsoever. Okay, I gotcha. Um, all right, so so Queen Amidala, she is captured by the Federation Army, but she gets rescued by the Jedi. So the Queen escapes Naboo with the Jedi on her personal starship, which uh, it gets damaged on the way through this like blockage surrounding the planet, which forces them to land on the good old Tatooine. It's a nearby desert planet, which we would all come to know as home of Luke Skywalker. And now Anakin. And now Anakin. Um, so Qui-Gon, he gets into this settlement uh, with Jar Jar, uh, with like R2-D2. We find him at this junk shop, 
which is when you see R2D2, it's it brings back awesome memories. I was kind of afraid with C3PO. I was afraid he wasn't going to be able to make all three movies because I knew it was kind of old now. And I was like, is he going to be alive? Same thing with the Emperor. I was like, is he going to live to make all three movies? But all three of them did, of course. You know, or all I was also worried about James Earl Jones because even in 1999, he was starting to get there in age. Right, exactly. Because uh, at some point, we all knew that the the Vader suit would show up and we'd have to get the voice. So, But it was excellent seeing R2-D2, Junk Shop. Uh, he's definitely, definitely awesome. Uh, same old, you know, every time he does his little sound effects, sometimes I swear he's swearing at somebody, uh, on some of his sound effects, which just cracks me up when I put the what word. parts are showing? <laughs> oh my. <laughs> so, um, let's talk about Anakin. We get introduced to Anakin, played by Jake Lloyd. Uh, what do you think of, uh, what do you think of Anakin? Um, well, there's not really a whole lot to say about him in, as far as this one goes. I mean, he's this little young slave boy who eventually goes on to be this, you know, thing that he becomes. But I, he kind of stale in this movie to me. And again, dialogue, you know, the the yippies and the woohoos. <laughs> oh, God, that was a bit annoying. I'm sorry, but I don't even think in a galaxy far, far away kids say that's kind of ridiculous, campy lines anymore. You don't know, man. It could be. Maybe that's their maybe that's their their thing. I hope not. You hope not? So yeah, uh my opinion. Um I know there's some people that had issues with uh with Jake, but uh you know, I thought he did I, I thought mean, he did himself, fine. I thought he was fine. Yeah. I didn't have any problems with him at all. Uh, my favorite was when he was, uh, you know, in the pod race and anytime he was in the ship, I mean, the kid owned it. I mean, the pod race scene, I mean, I'm going to say right now, the pod race scene is probably one of the greatest moments of all of the whole entire series. I think if I remember correctly, I read a lot of people don't like the pod racing. Why not? I thought that was a whole good scene as you know, maybe you could say it might've went on a little too long, but other than that, I really enjoyed the pod race. Well, there's actually uh, an extended version of that scene. It's like 10 minutes longer. Uh, and that's on the DVD, disc two. So, and I've watched, and I've even enjoyed the longer version, but I love the pod race scene. How could you not? I mean, that that's, uh, w- what is wrong with that scene? I mean, it's amazing. It's oh, so damn good. It's fast. It's entertaining. Uh, it's definitely adrenaline-filled. Uh, I mean, Anakin does a great job. You see him in trouble a lot, and he's got creative ways of bringing his ship back together. And then most of all, his his enemy, uh, which uh, – what's that guy's name? Sebulba. Yeah, that guy. He was good times. What's funny is, is when I got the DVD – Whenever he would talk, the subtitles would never come up. And, yeah, I've seen that before. But then when I watched it for this podcast, it worked. Weird. Yeah, I don't know why they do that, uh, but that, I've seen that before as well. But uh, Watto, I love Watto. He is essentially, you know, I guess he owns uh, he owns Anakin and his mom because, you know, Anakin and his mom are slaves. But I love Watto, man. Watto is some good times. Well, I, I think it was part of... In, in this movie is pretty light in tone, uh, you know, despite what's going on in the spec, the, you know, the, the spec, despite the, I can't talk the fact that, you know, one of the main characters bites it, it's still kind of light in tone. And I think that they intentionally went with 
you know, Watto being kind of like, you know, yeah, these are my slaves, but I'm, you know, I, I don't get there with the whip and, you know, being right. the death or anything like that. And I think it was the right choice to make it that way. Right. I mean, one of my all time favorite lines in this film is when, uh, no, you won't. What, you think you're some kind of Jedi or something moving your hand like that? I mean, it was like called. Calls... Jedi tricks don't work on me. Yeah, it was great. I love that. I mean, he's essentially like an Italian gangster of Star Wars. It's good times. I mean, that's kind of how I look at Watto. Well, that's really more Jabba. Well,. I don't know. I, I like Waddle over Java myself because Waddle's just – he's entertaining. He's funny. Uh, he's got a – I don't know. He's bad, but he's not really bad. It's like – especially when he's just like, I can't let you have two. I mean he's always ready to make the buck. You know, He's always ready to wheel and deal. You know, Jabba, he's more like it's my way or the highway. You know, I mean, I guess that well, makes Jabba worse than Waddle. But, well, when you run the planet, it can be that way. Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, um, you know, essentially when you get introduced to Anakin, you find out that uh, he's the chosen one because he has no dad. He was just conceived by the midichlorians. By the midichlorians, which, okay, what's the deal with this midichlorian thing where people are pissed off that the force is ex- explained? I didn't think it was explained. They just simply said that this is part of the force. They don't actually say this is the force. They just say it's part of the force. Okay, Here, here's the thing with midichlorians. And, uh, you know, if you have a problem with the midichlorians, Okay, first off, why? First off, get some Q-tips and clean your ears out and get the stick out of your butt because it's never once mentioned in the movie that midichlorians create the force. Right. They do not. The midichlorians act as receptacles, basically, and I'm kind of uh, paraphrasing Steve Glosson because he used this on uh, Geek Out Loud recently, but he's dead on the money. Exactly. I heard that too. They get you – they basically provide force-sensitive people the ability to communicate or listen to the will of the force. It does not say this creates the force, and this creates force users. That's total crap. Exactly. So just to clear that up, and therefore I never had a problem with the whole midichlorian thing, I guess because I got it. Right. I, I didn't have any issues with it, and I would hear this complaining – about how it, the the force is now ruined for me and all this oh, and that. Get, get a life. Get <laughs> over it. That's, it's there. It's you know there. That part is they hate that because they hate the movie and for no other reason. And it's you know basically being tone deaf. You didn't pay attention. You know you took a half truth out of it. Get over it. Exactly. It I mean, wasn't a big deal. Yeah, I didn't think it was a big deal. I was like, okay, cool. Hey, that helps explain things a little bit. Cool. I I didn't need you to give me any answers, but I'm not going to reject what you just told me either. It's like, okay, cool. That's fine. Now, granted, yeah, people did not ask how the Force works or how it was created, and that's fine. But so what? You're adding a little more piece to the mythology, and it does not change or screw with anything that had came before in the original trilogy. So deal. Right. Um, so the pod race scene, I mean, the pod race is essentially so, uh, they could get the parts they need to fix their ship so they can leave. But this is when Qui-Gon, you know, essentially realizes this is the chosen one of the Jedi prophecy. And, uh, I just love this whole, this whole sequence, everything from the meeting to being in the, in the home with the mom and, and the explanation and the pod race scene and getting the part from Watto, this whole, I think it's like 40 minutes. 
I, this whole thing is excellent. I flows whole, very well. From the time they land on Tatooine till the time they fly off running from Maul, I loved the Tatooine part of the movie. That's I really it. dug it. I agree. I think that whole, minus the Jar Jar stuff, right? I mean, that alone right there for me, four stars. But when you got to add all the other crap, then we're going to start dragging down the rating a little bit. But for me, the whole Tatooine stuff, excellent. I loved it. I thought it was great. That's when I was enthralled in the film and I was like, I was digging it. I was loving it. My wife, she was already digging it from the beginning. But for me, that's when I was like, wow, I'm really digging this. I'm really enjoying it. It's good stuff. Um, So, yeah, uh, they. Uh, where do we want to go from here? Well, from Tatooine, we go to Coruscant. Yeah, from Coruscant. And essentially, that's when uh, the queen pleads her case to the Galactic Senate. See, and, and if Zod would have been like, Neil, Amidala, you know, he, he wouldn't have been unseated from power. Just saying. Just saying, right? Uh, it was good seeing him, though. I mean, I always enjoy Terrence Stamp. He's uh, he's always good, even though he he's only in it for, like, what, two minutes? But still good times, though. Um, I mean, of course, he plays a wuss. Just kind of takes it up the butt, but it is what it is. <laughs> so much for that family rating. Right. Um, so Qui-Gon asks for the Jedi Council to train Anakin as the Jedi. Okay. So and Shaq says no. Let's let's talk about Yoda and uh, and Samuel L. Jackson. Okay. So I love Samuel L. Jackson. I'm a big, humongous fan. There's nothing that I don't love of this guy. Uh, it was definitely awesome seeing him in a Star Wars flick. Uh, he doesn't do too much in this movie. He's definitely more present in the next two. Uh, overall, though, were you excited when you found out Sam Jackson was uh, a Jedi? Well, I knew that going into the movie, and it was fine. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of how Yoda looks? Because he definitely gets better looking as we go. He looks more like a, an anorexic, drug-ridden um, alien in this a one. A lot of people wail on how Yoda looks. Um didn't bother me. Good. I'm happy I for you. I <laughs> thought it was fine. I don't I don't see the big deal. I just thought his he just looked uh a lot a lot smaller in the face. You know, he's definitely I I mean he probably did that on purpose because they want to age him appropriately. But uh I don't know. I I don't laugh when I see Yoda, but I definitely I'm just like, wow. You guys kind of went a little too far in making him younger. I'll still take a puppet Yoda over a CGI Yoda any day. Oh, yeah. Agree. I mean, I love the puppet Yoda. Uh, good stuff. And uh, and Frank Oz is the voice of Yoda, right? Yep. Yep. Good times. You know, there's sometimes when I when I hear Yoda speak where I hear Fozzie, and I'm just like, waka, waka, waka. You know, it's good times. Yeah, I don't get that. You don't get that? <laughs> you don't hear Fozzie's voice when you, uh, when you hear Yoda? No. You're not a Muppets man? No. What's wrong with you? See, now I get to say, what the hell is wrong with you? Um, I don't know. I guess because I'm older than 10 now. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> You're never too old for the Muppets, sir. Although I did like the Muppets take Manhattan when I, you know, that was all right. The Muppet, uh, the great, the great Muppet caper. That's my movie. I love that one. A lot of people hate that one, but it's okay. So, uh, so a lot of people hate this movie, but you know what? Too bad. Too bad. There you go. A so, am I surprising you here? I'm not really bashing the movie as much as you thought I would. I actually, I did think you were going to bash it, but uh, uh, well, your confession. I don't hate this movie. Actually, I don't hate it either. I never did. 
Um, now, I remember when I walked out of the theater in 1999 thinking to myself, I'm supposed to like it because it's Star Wars, but yeah, I just don't know. It took me a while to the, – the, the, the episode one grew on me. Yeah, agree. I, some people, it obviously never will, and you know, as they say, haters are going to hate. You know, too bad for you. That's one less Star Wars movie you get to enjoy. Right. I, I don't hate this film. I like it. I, I always thought of myself as liking it more than other people. Uh, I agree 100% with you on the whole Jar Jar thing. I mean, we definitely see eye to eye on that. Uh, I enjoy this film a lot. I, you know, then again, I, I like a lot of bad movies, but, and I've never denied that, but I don't think this is a bad movie at all. I just think it has some stumbling blocks, uh, like Jar Jar. It's the weakest of the six movies. Yeah. But it's not, it's not, it's definitely, this movie is better than 90% of other movie franchises. It's like what I say with Supernatural. Star Wars at its weakness is better than a lot of things at their best. Exactly. And I, that's how I would rate this movie as well. That this is the weakest of the series, but it's better than, you know. It's better than Star Trek The Motion Picture, that's for sure. Which I can't comment on, but I'll take your word for it. So. Oh, trust me. Good deal. Uh, so Qui-Gon asked the Jedi Council to train Anakin as a Jedi. Of course, they reject it. Uh, because, you know, fear leads to hate. Hate leads to... What was that? You know that. I'm going to leave you hanging here. You know, Okay. Fear leads to hate. Hate leads to... Uh, wait, fear... Fear leads to hate. Hate leads... Fear leads to anger. Anger, anger. leads to hate. There you go. Hate leads to suffering. There you go. Good times. Yeah, you know Yoda. You know all that good stuff. And I... <laughs> Oh, man. And that was not a soundboard. That was actually Ty, just so you guys know. All right. So Mr. Senator of Naboo convinces the queen to make a, a motion of no confidence, which I asked my wife. I was like, what the hell is motion no confidence mean when I first saw this? I had no idea what well, that means. A vote of no confidence. Yeah, a vote of no confidence. And you know what that means, don't you? It's their legal system, and it's their way of saying, okay, this chancellor is so horrifically bad, he needs to be impeached. Exactly. Uh, one thing I want to touch on real quick that we haven't talked about. How do you feel about the 10-year age difference between Pad, uh, Padme and Anakin? He likes to he likes the older women. There's no 10-year difference. What do you mean there's no 10-year difference? I don't know where you get that from, but they're not 10 years different in age. Okay. What's the age then? Uh, and if Anakin's either 9 or 10, and Padme is like 13 or 14. Are you sure? Uh, you can go look it up if you don't want to take my word for it. I'm I, I looked it up, and that's where I I, no. I read it was 10-year difference. No, no, no. Really? No. Well, that's awesome, people. I had no idea. Because no. I was like, okay, no, you know, 10 years, whatever. You know, you're 20, she's 10, whatever. Um, but some people had a problem with that. They are like, ooh, that's gross. He's going to mate with her. And, well, and because they're wrong. It's not a 10-year age difference. But also, this is Star Wars. It's another planet. Maybe they do things differently on other planets. They well, I mean, you know, brothers can make out with sisters, and it's all good. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Uh, the Winchesters. Uh, <laughs> what's that you guys always say uh, for uh, the Winchesters when they're uh, getting together? Uh, uh, 
I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, you know, um, that they're mating. What's the phrase you guys have for that? I forgot. Um, oh, wincest. Yeah, wincest. Yeah, maybe they wincest on uh, in Star Wars world. Who knows? Uh, I don't think so. No. I, yeah, that that was. <laughs> That was uh, not what I was trying to say. What I was trying to get at is that uh, they don't, uh, you know, they don't really care about an age difference probably on their planet. That's how things work in their galaxy. So. Well, and again, they're not 10 years different in age. So that's awesome. That's cool. You know, she's 13, he's 10. I can live with that. Three years difference. There's three years difference between me and my wife. So that's all good in the hood. So. So it's not a big deal. Cool. You don't have a big deal about that? That's awesome. No, because they're not 10 years apart. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good deal. So um, where do – oh, yeah, the note of vote – the yeah, motion of voting of no confidence. So they want to – the queen wants to make the motion of no confidence an attempt to vote for a stronger chancellor to help end this conflict, which uh, Mr. Senator gets his way, and he eventually gets to be – the new senator, uh, she pushes such the vote uh, that grows frustrated with the lack of action by the Galactic Senate, and it ultimately decides the return to Naboo with the Jedi. So back on Naboo, Padme reveals herself to be the real Queen, the real Queen Amidala, uh, with the other queen having to be her decoy. So when you watch this, did you uh, did you know that there was a decoy the whole time? I did not. Nice little twist. Yeah, it was. Because Keira Knightley, as I said, I always thought that she looks just – she looks a lot like Natalie Portman. There's been a few times where I've seen her picture where I thought it was Natalie Portman. So uh, excellent casting decision. I don't think anybody knew who she was at the time either. So, um, But that was an excellent twist. I definitely dug it. Now, one thing my wife brought up, she said, well, how come the Jedi never knew that – You know, because since, since they could feel – uh, you know." How come they could never feel that she was a different person? You know, she wasn't a decoy. And I was like, I don't think they had any reason to. I think they just, they trusted the queen and they thought it was her the whole time and thought that Padme was, you know, her the whole time. So do you have any thoughts on that? Um, No. I mean, they were just like everybody else. You know, hey, this is the queen. They accepted that it was the truth and there was no reason to suspect otherwise. Yep. Good deal. So Padme convinces the Gungans to form an alliance against the Trade Federation, which, of course, they make Jar Jar the leader of the battle against the droid army. So we get to see more Jar Jar. Uh, That was kind of funny, don't you think? You're speechless, aren't you? No comment. No comment. Uh, (laughs) Did you find any of his his, uh, goofiness? To be entertaining at all as he, uh, you know, trips, falls, shoots droids. Did you laugh at any of that? Find it amusing at all? Probably not, right? No comment. No comment. All right. So in other words, anything Jar Jar related sucks. Sucks. Okay, cool. Moving on. So uh, the queen tries to capture a uh, gun ray uh, in Theed. So Anakin plots uh, this vacant starfighter because he's essentially told by, you know, Qui-Gon, don't move. You know, stay in that cockpit. Stay in that cockpit, which he does. You know, he doesn't disobey. He just happens to, you know, accidentally accidentally move it and save the day. So 
Uh, but yeah, it was it was cool seeing him in uh, in the Starfighter. Uh, it's a good scene uh, when he puts on the goggles. The whole climax of the movie is fine. I think one of the things is there's just too much going on at the same time. First of all, nobody cares about the Gungans, so why even show that? I'd have been fine with you know you know the battles a diversion from what they're really trying to do. That's fine. I don't need 20 minutes or more of that because I just don't care. Right. You know, Anakin in the Starfighter and all that, that could have been cut short a little long, uh, you know, a little shorter than what it was. Um, you know, it was cool to see him, you know, already displaying those awesome pilot skills that he's got. Right. Again, didn't really need that much of it. Um, the queen and whatnot getting into the throne room, that's important because that is the whole point of the climax of the movie. And, you know, in the end, we should have just had a whole lot more Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan versus Maul. This is true. Um, yeah. Uh, it, what's funny is is in that uh, – in the fight, um, when they put the force fields up, uh, why is it that the uh, that the droids can walk right through the force field and then, you know, the big ships shoot the force field and, you know, doesn't do no damage? I always thought that was kind of dumb. You know, I agree with you. That whole battle should have been should have been cut, especially something like that, where you can eat these dudes are walking through your force field. It's like, what's the point of a force field? Well, I think it was more of less it repels energy, therefore the blaster fire. Okay. Does it mean you can't like walk through it? Okay, that makes sense. Um, so yeah, the uh, the epic fight. I mean, we we touched on this already, but I mean, this scene is just uh, is just amazing. I mean, the lightsaber fights are just so much faster, uh, more martial arts esque. I mean, obviously, because you know Ray Park is a martial artist, but I love the kicking that he does. You know, he just punches and kicks and does his flips when he's fighting. Some good stuff, man. Excellent. I mean, this fight had to take months, months to um, rehearse and do. I mean, it's amazing. It's definitely the best part of the film. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I, again, it's the best lightsaber battle of all the movies, in my opinion. Yep, I agree 100%. Um, so when you first watched it and Maul kills Qui-Gon, what, what went through your head? Uh excitement i thought it was excellent you know i'm really getting it going at that point where i'm like i don't know i was just blown away by the whole fight scene i didn't have a problem with any of the stuff i mean it sucks that he kind of bites it in the end because i like the character right but it it also just contributes to how bad you know badass of a person maul is right i agree i was uh, i was in shock and i was in excitement at the same time because i was like wow you just killed qui-gon you know it's like holy cow now the stakes have been raised and uh and one the one scene i absolutely love is when they're uh when maul is on one side and obi-wan's you know where the red beam is and you know he's just waiting to take out maul after you know he killed qui-gon it was like so good it's like you could just feel the the tension building up and it's like you know they say anger leads to the dark side it's not it's not anger it's what you do with the anger you know and that just gave him the uh the drive that he needed to take him out yeah and of course he needed to hang over a ledge in order to do it too of course there's this uh, running joke in star wars about every t- obi-wan is like uber powerful Every time he's like hanging over a ledge because he does that with Maul. He does that with Grievous in episode three. Yeah. 
good point. That's funny. Um, so yeah, the Jedi, the fight when when Darth Maul gets decapitated, you know, from the waist. I was kind of pissed off when that happened. I mean, most people were mad that, oh, he just killed Qui-Gon. But I was mad he was dead because I wanted him in more movies, man. You just killed the guy that's on all my toys, the, uh, the picture all over the posters, all over my shirts. You just killed my dude. So, yeah, well, it, it, you know, that's the thing with hindsight. I'll bet if Lucas knew now what he knew then, he would definitely not have killed off Maul. That's, I agree 100%. Um, I don't think he's physically come out and said that. But I think you are right. Uh, he would definitely take it back if he could. Maybe when he redoes the original trilogy in 20 years, he'll fix that problem. I don't know. Oh, when he re-edits them all about 50 more times. Right. Um, so all in all, um, what do we got here? Uh, boy, so much at the end here. Um, oh, Obi-Wan. Uh, after you know they beat they beat Darth Maul, uh, Obi Wan essentially is going to train Anakin whether the Jedi like it or not because Qui Gon uh, his dying wish is for um, for Anakin to be trained as a Jedi and I like the fact that Obi Wan kind of sticks it to him and says you know what I'm gonna train whether I get your permission or not that's pretty awesome I thought I could train him just as well as Yoda mm-hmm. I was wrong. And uh, and when we're at the funeral scene, and uh, you know, because that's how they do Jedi's, they burn them. Um, I like the uh, the whole mystery there of you know, there's only uh, was that the was that the apprentice or was that the you know master? There's only ever two. Well, yeah, and it's a fair question because you just don't know. Yeah, you don't know. Uh, which I mean, you knew the Emperor was the. Uh, but they don't know. Yeah, they don't know. But uh, let's just say you did not see the original trilogy. You would question that yourself at the end. Like, well, who is the master? Well, you wouldn't have to question it because this is my apprentice. Well, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. But uh, and then, you know, they always got to have a happy ending, which, you know, they do. Well, Uh, not the movies end on a happy note. Well, that's true. But what I mean is, is that it doesn't end with, you know a body, you know, laying dead and then it cuts the credits kind of thing. They got, they have some sort of, um, I don't want to say closure to it because each movie leads into the other one. Well, this one kind of does have closure. I mean, at the end, you know, Nash is up there on the, you know, the steps of the Capitol or whatever with Padme and peace. Oh yeah. You know, and we cut the credits. It kind of, if there was never another, if this was the only Star Wars movie in existence, it's a closed-ended movie. So It does not set up for a sequel. Well, let's just say, you know, in an alternate universe, this is the only Star Wars movie there ever was. How do you think it would be as beloved as, no? Uh, no, no. no. You because think- so many people hate the movie. Gotcha. Think it'd be a box office bomb, or it makes its money back? No, I think it would make its money back, but word of mouth would kill it quickly. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, do you do you have anything else you want to say about this film before uh, before we move into emails? Simply that I enjoy the movie. I don't think the movie is as bad as people th- say. I think a lot of them just hate on it for hate's sake and nothing more. 
uh, rating wise, um, I would give this movie a three and a half. I'm going to go with two and a half because I think it's the weakest of the six. Okay. Uh, the reason why it's I slightly below average, slightly below average. Okay. I give it a three and a half because of, uh, the things I don't like, which would be like, uh, you know, jar jar and, uh, and the whole trade thing I thought was kind of a little slow. Uh, for me, the pod race scene, the Darth Maul, the, the lightsaber scene at the end, uh, the, that fight was just amazing. I really like Watto. Uh, there's a lot of characters that I really do enjoy. I, I actually can have more fun with this film now, um, and, uh, it's just good. You know, I definitely, I, it's definitely the lowest rating I have on the star Wars films, but, uh, for me, I give it, you know, a three and a half after originally I had two stars, but after I watched it again for this episode and I just kind of had a more open mindness to it and just kind of let it, let it be what it is. I enjoyed it a lot more. Well, I, I think that it goes to people being so cynical. They just, they can't get past the things that bug them and enjoy the good things in the movie. And I think even the most hater of the haters would tell you that there are some good things in the movie. But they just cannot get past the things that they can't stand about it. So, you know, and I think a lot of people, it's this might sound kind of off, but I don't think I'm all that far off on it. I think a lot of people don't like it just because they don't think they're supposed to. It's like the cool thing to hate the prequels. Right, I got gotcha. like, All my friends all swear up and down they can't stand the prequels. But one of my buddies, the day the whole saga comes out on Blu-ray, he goes by the complete saga on Blu-ray. You're gonna sit here and tell me <laughs> that you're gonna spend almost a hundred bucks on three out of six movies that you never intend to watch? I don't think so. <laughs> it's good considering the fact that you can buy them separately. Yeah, you could have bought the original, or you could have bought the prequel, or you could buy all of them. He bought all of them. Now, my other friend, he bought the three, the original trilogy. So, you know, you stand by his conviction. I disagree with him, but, you know, that's fine. But don't buy all six and tell me you never intend to watch them. Right. If you only wanted the other three, you could have bought the other three. Got it. And I think it's just, again, people like, well, everybody else hates them, so I'm supposed to hate them too. And I don't buy into that. You know, I'm going to point out what I don't like about it. I'm going to point out what I like about it. And I think, like I said, the movie is slightly below average. I've seen movies a hell of a lot worse than this, though. Very true. Very true. So, yeah. And I still enjoy the movie. Even, I mean, Jar Jar drives me nuts, but... (laughs) You deal with it. You deal with it. I deal with it because the things that I like about the movie, I really like. Exactly. The story is fine. I mean, you know, the acting is not perfect, but it's not awful. Darth Maul is flipping amazing. I like the portrayal of Anakin by Jake Lloyd. I think the whole, you know, the innocence of the character, it just kind of adds more to the fact that how you know it's heartbreaking that, you know, this sweet, innocent little kid becomes to be the thing that he becomes. And I think Jake Lloyd uh, you know, and when we his performance and seeing that innocence in this movie of seeing him as such a small boy just kind of adds to that. Right, agreed. So yeah, good points, man. I think I think we covered it pretty good, don't you think? I'm fine. I'm cool with it. You're cool with it. Well, I'm, with the emails that we have, because we have some haters, uh, I'm sure we'll be able to uh, give some more thoughts on that. So. Well, well- it's okay. You know, everybody's entitled to their opinion. We'll just be able to tell them why they're wrong. <laughs> so let's hear what the STL Nation had to say. Around, around, 
Um, so your boy Anthony, uh, when we uh, didn't get together for the wrestling thing, he was talking about you doing feedback time. Um, I was like, I don't know about that. But then on Twitter, you said time. Time. Did you say time? I did say time. Holy crap! You said time. I did. Wow. I haven't heard that word in a long while. I I know what that means. What does that mean? I have no idea. Well, I, I actually no. I, I now I can't remember. <laughs> Brain um, fart. Well. You used to think of it as feedback time, but I call it STL Nation time. Oh, yeah. I remember that now. You remember that now? I don't think we want to uh, hurt your listeners' ears that haven't heard Crossroads. Good point. Because I do have some newer ones, so might want to be gentle there. But we'll tell Anthony. He'll get a rain check on that one. What do you think? Maybe. Maybe. We'll All right. We've got five more of these to do. Yes, I, we do. I, you never know. Maybe. Maybe not. So the first email, which you know that all my listeners get nicknames, right? Uh, cool. Yeah. So, uh, so my boy John the Mailman writes in, and uh, this one isn't actually about Star Wars, but he does write in later. This is about my last episode I did, the Last Boy Scout, and uh, he says, "Hi, Mike. I wasn't able to rewatch the Last Boy Scout. It's been years since I saw that one, and can't really add anything to review. But I don't want to leave you hanging for the show, so I wrote in." First, let me say the new group page is fun. You know about the new group page, sir? Uh, I think that's the one where I get spam on my Facebook every two minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, do you want to be removed from that, sir? Or you could just remove your notifications, I guess. I did kind of accidentally add you uh, to that. But the STL Nation randomness. Yeah, yeah that's... I, I never yeah. check Facebook anymore. I just get the little pop-up every now and then. Uh, so I, I've actually been doing the Twitter lately. Okay, well... If what? If you would, is Twitter. Do you have a Twitter? Have you seen my Twitter? No. That's good. Well, That's, finally, someone answered that correctly. <laughs> Jim. Right. Um, so if you if you don't know, sir, which you are invited to join at any time, but it's just where we uh, all post some some random topics. Anything goes. Obviously, no, you know, of the obvious stuff is allowed but uh but it's fun a lot of good times you got 23 people in there heck even my wife uh has has joined in on the conversation sometimes so you are welcome sir to join i'm sure everybody would love to hear your thoughts on some of the crazy uh topics we got going on there so sweet so uh, anyways he says uh i can't uh I can't wait to get more interaction with STL Nation. Uh, second, you uh, you came at Blank Man. How could you? Oh, he said I never seen uh, or I dissed on Blank Man, which I didn't diss on Blank Man. Uh, that was Damon Wayne's. I just I hadn't seen it in such a long time, uh, but it was good times though. And uh, he said just messing. So it's a so good so bad movie for me, and I love it. It's a fun amateur superhero movie. Do you have any favorite amateur superhero movies? Um, hmm. How about you? Am- amateur superhero. I like. Mm. I don't know if you could consider Kick-Ass an amateur superhero because that's already a comic book and well-established, I guess. In the nothing that comes to mind. Yeah, nothing that comes to mind. Um, but I love. I love, uh, I love uh, 
don't underestimate the power of the handicap and in living color. That's my favorite amateur superhero. That guy's awesome. I forgot what his name is in the show. And he said, I guess I guess I mean uh, non-DC or a Marvel. Have you uh, seen Super or Kick-Ass, which I have? If yes, your thoughts on them. Have a great show. John the Mailman, considers email delivered. So um, I have seen Kick-Ass. I love it. It's a great flick. Uh, you seen Kick-Ass, sir? Negative. Negative. Okay. Good, good movie. All right. So we have our first Star Wars email, and this comes from John the Music Man. And he says, hello, sirs. Star Wars. Insert John Williams score here. Oh, hells yeah. Heck yeah. Love that. Uh, man, oh, yeah. don't you just love that score? It's so good. I love the Star Wars theme. Man, it's awesome. It's uh, it's like the Superman theme. Mom- moment you hear it, it just screams the title. Just like that, that oh, theme screams oh, Star oh. Wars. I, oh, I got it. I got it. What? Your, your, your little music, how you, you play your music at the end. Yep, my music it, spotlight. It's got to be Duel of the Fates. Well, to to help you feel better, that was actually going to be my music spotlight was Duel of the Fates. Excellent. Uh, so yeah, I figured this was the perfect, you know, because normally I don't pick a, a movie song unless it's completely awesome. I just pick something else. But uh, Duel just of like, the Fates is awesome. Exactly. Duel of the Fates is amazing. It's a great song. Uh, it was it definitely makes you think of this movie. makes you think of the Darth Maul fight. And it just, I had to play that song. So, yes, that is the music spotlight. Thank you for spoiling it, sir. I appreciate it. So They'll be all right. All right. So Star Wars is my favorite movie trilogy. And honestly, I will admit I even like all of them. Other comments. Sweet. Other comments for the rest to come, but we are only talking episode one. What I liked, the pod race. Yes, it was long, but so much fun to watch. Darth Maul, he is a badass mother. Mm. Hells yeah. <laughs> the design of him to Ray Park playing him, showing off his skills. Uh, the lightsaber battle with Maul and, uh, was, as a Jedi was awesome. R2-D2, R2-D2, um, need I say more? He is awesome and always saves the day. Okay, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Do you know what the elephant in the room is, sir? I can imagine. Jar Jar Binks. Now, I don't hate him, but we, but he went over the top a few times. Maybe all the time. Uh, if they just toned him down a little bit more, I would have. it would have worked better, and the kids would have loved him, and the adults could deal. Now, saying that he didn't ruin the movie for me, as so many people say about him. Uh, one point I do want to make is I really think they should have merged the first two movies as one and make the third movie number two. Uh, They could have shown a little bit more about the Empire rising and Rebels being formed as Vader hunts down some Jedi. What do you think of that? If they would have made number one and two, kind of like a Lord of the Rings, super long movie. What do you think? You think it would have worked or no? Uh, I think the running time is about fine on it. Okay. Uh, But overall, I give Star Wars Episode One four and a half R2-D2s. Uh, yes, yes, I know it's high, but Star Wars gets a lot of passes for me because these movies, even the prequels, I can rewatch and rewatch and rewatch and never get tired of them. Now off to listen, Duel of the Fates from John Williams. Of course, I own this soundtrack, Episode 1, John the Music Man, hanging out near Philly. So that was John the Music Man, uh, hanging out near Philly. So thank you, sir, for writing in. Good stuff. So did you like his email, sir? Good stuff? I thought it was fun. Good stuff. All right. Go listen to some Duel of the Fates, man. It's yeah. awesome. Good times. All right. So we have one of our newest members of the STL Nation. We have uh, Jameson. And uh, you probably know Jameson. He he showed some Karate Kid love on Flicks. You remember that guy? Uh, I don't know. It was a long time ago, man. 
and he has his own podcast. It's uh, uh, Movie Mojo Monthly. It's good stuff. I, I really enjoy it. It's an awesome podcast. Uh, cool. But, but uh, he uh, he is Mr. Star Wars. I think uh, he loves it as like much as Steve Clawson does. I mean, that's how much this guy loves Star Wars. I don't know if anybody can love it that much. Well, that's now. true. He, he's maybe a little bit lower than that. But here's what he said. He said, hello, gentlemen. He's, and he called you a gentleman. Has that ever happened before? He's never met me. I guess not. Uh, he said, so I felt compelled to write in for this episode. I've spent the better part of 35 years loving and some would say obsessing over Star Wars. I can ramble on and on and on about this Star Wars, uh, but I will try to keep this uh, pithy. Uh, big, big word there. He said, uh, episode one, The Phantom Menace, stirs strong feelings with me. I believe it is the most polarized film of the franchise for most fans, and it's understandable. There's a lot of hatred for this film in the community, and my feelings have shifted throughout the years. Leading up to its release, uh, it could not have been more. I could not have been more excited for a movie or an event. Storylines and characters danced in my mind. A whirlwind of possibilities intoxicated me. This was going to be the best. Anything Star Wars related, must see. But another movie? I was all in. Upon my first viewing, I walked out in a daze. I wasn't sure what I saw. I convinced myself that it was incredible and that I had lived that it had lived up to the hype, which I think I did the same exact thing. Uh, he I said didn't. he said the next day I went with another friend. This time I paid more attention to the dialogue and plot points. This is where the dream unraveled. Once the wonder of the new CGI and the amazing lightsaber duels were off, I realized that this was a terrible flawed movie. The Trade Federation plot was boring and overdrawn. The dialogue was stilled and Jar Jar. I still wanted to love it and tried to, but I began hating Jake Lloyd and the fact that this epic had under the, under the, uh, under the, Tune in next week, folks, <laughs> for Read the Dictionary. <laughs> oh, man. I'm so, like, can't say this word today. Underdelivered. There you go. Uh, he said, I, and I began hating Jake Lloyd and the fact that this epic had underdelivered badly. I sat on it as a whole, and, and that was that. Uh, but then there was always that duel with the incredible John Williams music. I kept coming back just for that again and again. Gradually, I began accepting the flaws, even embracing them. Yeah, there were some stupid characters, but they were my characters. Sure, there are plot holes the size of Alderaan and stiff acting, but this is my Star Wars. So I sit here today unashamed to enjoy Phantom Menace. It's not good, but it's got great moments despite George's efforts. Well, I could go on and on, but I'll wrap it up by saying this. Episode 1 is still number 6 in the series for me, but the final 15 minutes holds uh, some of the best moments in the entire franchise. May the Force be with you, Jameson. And also with you. And also with you. Thank you, Jameson. Good email, sir. Good time. So, uh our next email comes from uh, Cheerful Charlie. Now, he basically synopses the whole entire film in like two paragraphs. So I'm not going to read that since we already just spent like two hours on that. So I'm just going to cut right to where he gives his thoughts. Uh, he says, that's my synopsis. So here's my gripes. Jar Jar Binks. Uh, how, did you ever guess that every email was going to be about Jar Jar? 
I kind of figured. Yeah. He is wonderfully played, but the character was set up as a clumsy oaf who does things accidentally right, at quote-unquote, and was designed to unite the Gungans and the humans who live on the surface of the planet Naboo. We don't see the underpinnings of what drives the greedy trade federation to block Naboo. I guess from a writer's perspective, I don't get it. It's great to see C-3PO wonderfully played by Anthony Daniels, which he did an awesome job. Uh, I think we commented on that. If we didn't, uh, agree 100%. Anthony Daniels always on top of his game. You agree, sir? Anthony Daniels did awesome in this one. Oh, he was fine. No oh, complaints. Yeah. No complaints here. Mr. Star Wars, who has seen, who has been in all six movies. I love Anakin's uh, yearning for a young, for a young woman older than he is. Uh, but I just don't get why a 10-year-old kid would become infatuated with a 19-year-old girl from another planet. So there you go. She's not 19. <laughs> She's not 19. So there you go. Listen to Ty. Ty knows his Star Wars. Uh, so it, Now, if people want to reference this, do you have a, a point of origin you would like to point them to? Or do you just want to say, search for it on Google? Uh, there's this beautiful thing called Wikipedia. <laughs> what's wikipedia i never heard of it i don't know all right he said i did love the idea that anakin is a slave who uses um his jedi power to free himself from slavery by winning a pod race i did like the way the emperor called in his uh called in this movie and the next two darth sidious came up in a few shots to hide the drama that he is behind the whole thing. Okay, Oops. stop for a second. Stop go, for a second. Go okay. ahead. Padme Amidala makes her first appearance in the prequel, The Phantom Menace, released 22, released 22 years after A New Hope. Padme is introduced as the 14-year-old queen of Naboo. <laughs> there you go, people. She is and 14. Anakin's like 9 or 10, so there's a 5-year at most age difference. There you go. Um... Thank you for clearing that up, sir. Uh, now I have now you threw since me you up. didn't just want to take my word for it, but there you go. <laughs> uh, but for those of us fans, we already knew it. But it was great to see how he became the emperor that we see in episodes uh, four through six. Thank you so much, cheerful Charlie. So thank you, sir, for writing in on that. All right. So uh, our next email comes from uh, Nick the Knight Nugent. Uh, now you probably know. Uh, you probably referenced him from the Shadowy Flight. I'm sure you've heard of this guy before. Am I right, Ty? Or have you not heard of Nick Nugent before? He wrote the uh, Knight Rider Companion book. Is he any relation to Ted? Uh, no, he is not any okay. relation to Ted. Okay. Uh, now, he writes a very long email. So uh, so hold on to your hat, sir. Uh, he's, and the name of this is called The Confusing Menace. So I'm thinking you're going to be able to help clear up some problems here, sir. Because you, uh, you are the pimp. I can try. You can try? All right. <clears throat> Excuse me while I clear my throat. Edit. Edit. No, that one's staying in, sir. Uh, so let's see here questions for episode one, The Confusing Menace. Without a doubt, episode one is, in my opinion, the most boring installment of the saga that makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever in comparison to, say, the original trilogy. Here's a few questions I have for you, Ms. Sunis. I would love... If you could answer them. As a side note, please don't tell me the answers are in some video game or novel or whatever else. This is strictly from a standalone movie observation here. So you ready, sir? You're gonna, Do it. You're going to help me Do out it here. Now. Number one. Why is being a separate a crime? Why Se is being what? A, a separatist. A separatist. Yeah, a oh. separatist. There you go. I can't read today, people. 
Well, why, that why matter can't... because the Separatists don't come into play until episode two. All right. Why Why was the planet aligned with the re- Republic or be considered an, em- an enemy? Why must a planet align with the Republic or be considered an enemy? Because that's the way they have their system set up. All right. Number two, why is this the only movie of the saga where no one says the word lightsaber? Which I don't really care. It's fine. I think that doesn't matter at all. Yeah. Number three, why does Darth Maul only blink when he gets sliced in half the entire movie? Intensity, lack of uh, intergalactic visine, or what? I mean, he's in a desert planet for flippin' sake with dust blowing everywhere, yet he doesn't blink. Remember what I told you earlier in this very episode about people nitpicking? I think I remember that. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> okay. I mean, and no, no offense to your emailer here, but so far, if this is all you got, dude, the, these are some weak arguments. All right. So number four. <laughs> oh, man, Ty. Good times. Um, who is the protagonist of this movie? It's not Anakin. He doesn't show up for 45 minutes through the film. The things that happen to him are never really in his control, nor does he fully understand them. He just so happens to fly into the master control ship and blow it up. How is he even able to get through the shields? It's not the Jedi because all all they do is flight robots and one Sith Lord. Is the protagonist supposed to be Obi-Wan? If so, why? The bulk of this movie, he just about the queen or the desert or whatever else. Qui-Gon does the work. Obi-Wan defeats Darth Maul clearly in anger, which isn't the Jedi way. So how does this make him the hero? Well, he might actually have some legitimate stuff there. Um, there really kind of isn't a, a main protagonist. I mean, unless you would just want to give it to Qui-Gon by default. But uh, I don't think it's it, – it didn't bother me, Maybe you know. Right. Um, that yeah. you can debate whether or not it's right or wrong. I don't think there's a correct answer either way. And what was the other one? Um, Talking about uh, not kill, uh, uh, Obi-Wan not doing the Jedi way. Oh, yeah. Is the protagonist supposed to be Obi-Wan? If so, why? The bulk of the movie, he just is about the queen or the desert or whatever else. Qui-Gon does the work. Obi-Wan defeats Darth Maul clearly in anger, in anger, which isn't the Jedi way. So how does that make him the hero? Anger, well, anger to me is it's there's nothing wrong with anger. It's what you do with it that matters. Well, I guess you could say he is the hero because he just killed a Sith Lord, and we all can see in the later films, including the original, what a Sith Lord will do to the galaxy once they get control of it. I can agree with that. Good point. Uh, he said the protagonist is in Amidala because there's nothing to love about her. She's boring, incompetent in the Senate, and after the film, her reign as queen is never mentioned again. She doesn't defeat Darth Maul, nor does she blow up a control ship. Which, well, I don't think she's physically capable of doing either one of those things, you know, just saying. Right. I don't think she's boring at all. I, 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 love I, her. I disagree with that. I don't find her boring. I mean, again, I think the acting uh, is a little stale here and there. But again, I attribute that to directing and writing and not the actress. I've seen her in other movies and she's a fine actress. Right. I agree. Uh, why didn't a pile of Jedi go after Darth Maul? Why send just two back to Naboo if this threat is so severe after the report from Qui-Gon? Why does the Senate not believe Amidala's claims of a blockage? Isn't the word of two Jedi, her personal guards, droids, and pilots enough? Um, I don't I think, think they, 
just went with what resources they had. Yeah, it's not like there was a crap load of Jedi just laying around. Most of them are in the council. They, and you got to remember something. At this time, there is a little part of arrogance amongst the Jedi Order. Even in Episode Three, when Obi Wan's like, uh, "Sith are a speciality," there's a little bit of arrogance amongst Jedi there too. So to think that one Jedi could kill a Sith, definitely two of them can. So right, which little misgiving on their part, and you know that's where I see that. Right. Okay. Uh, if Obi Wan and Qui Gon have had these special breathing uh, apparatuses to swim on down to the Gungan city the entire time. Why didn't they just use them when they were gazed on the trade fed ship? Which I don't really recall that scene. Wait, I'm wait, I'm lost. It says if Qui-Gon and um, and, uh, Obi-Wan had those special breathing apparatuses to swim on down to the Gorgon city the entire time, you know, those things that help you breathe on the water. Uh-huh. Why didn't they use them when they were uh, gazed on the tread fed ship? The, the Trade Federation ship? Yeah. Oh, because um, they didn't need them. <laughs> were they underwater? I don't remember. No. Okay. The, I think he's talk, I think he's referring to when they were trying to, uh, to gas them. Um, apparently, the gas did not have an effect on Jedi, and those things were made specifically for breathing underwater. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right, gas. Oh. Gassed, sorry. Yeah. Um, I can't read today. I need a dictionary. Um, the Jedi actually drink something from the protocol droid, so why didn't the Nemodians? Nemodians. Yeah, Nemodians, yeah. Just, yeah, see, I don't know my Star Wars dudes, man. I'll t- I just, you know, I watch it, I enjoy it, but I don't know all the dudes. Well, names. they pronounce these things in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. Oh, man. Calling out Masunas here. Good times. It's uh, called hashtag messing with Masunas. Hey, we, we, uh, we're doing a tread, we're doing a Twitter trending messing with Masunas. So, uh, we got two people doing it. You guys need to, Come along for the ride. It's good times. <clears throat> or hashtag death is immoral in 3D. <laughs> so would you like to explain that story, sir? Uh, that's all you, buddy. <laughs> oh, man. How did, <laughs> uh, how did we get on that kick? Something about um, are you going to go see Titanic? And, uh, and I'm like, man, I said something about uh, – you said it would be too morbid to see those people die in 3D, so I retorted with, "Okay, so it's okay to watch them die in 2D." Right, and you, and then you said it's okay to die, but just don't die in 3D, and that, and that's how it all started. So, because, yeah, I, I figured it'd be kind of, you know, it's bad enough people dying in 2D, but it, I, you took yeah, it. So it's even worse if it's in 3D. Right, exactly. So. It's more graphic and bloody, and yeah. Yeah, just don't, so it's okay if you drop dead. Just don't do it in 3D. Exactly. So that's the moral of the story, folks. Uh, all right. So where was I before we uh, went off there? Uh, he said, so why did why didn't the Nemodians just poison the flippid tea or whatever inside of trying to gas Jedi as they, by the way, never actually even meet during said quote-unquote negotiations. Well, if memory serves in the order that things happened, the drinks were served before they contacted Sidious, who thus told them to kill the Jedi. Very good. Number seven, at the end of the movie, Yoda declares that Obi-Wan is a Jedi Knight, yet in the opening title scroll, it clearly says, secretly dispatched two Jedi Knights. 
what new rank did Yoda actually give Obi-Wan? Jedi Knight 2? I don't think it matters, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't the opening scroll have said a Jedi Knight and his pot and his pad one? Pad okay, one? hashtag nitpicking. <laughs> <laughs> but then we... <laughs> oh, man, you got me... Uh, Killing me here, but then we don't. I mean, know. really, does it matter? Does that change the movie in any way? No. Would it make the movie better if they said a Jedi Knight and his Padawan? Would that make Would that make elevate the movie in any way? No. Okay. Uh, but then we don't know what the hell a Padawan or Padawan is until later. So, what word would they use? Apprentice or student? Number eight. If you took out the final duel with Darth Maul, how exciting would this movie really be? What would you? A lot less exciting. Right. Would you still watch it as much as the original trilogy? Uh, well, I never did watch it as much as the original trilogy. Right. Neither did I. And yes, it would not be very exciting. Uh, He's dead on the money there. Right. hundred percent. I mean, the pod racing scene is the uh, would be your only exciting scene of the whole entire film. Uh, speaking of Darth Maul, how come no one ever mentions his name in the next two prequel installments? Qui-Gon failed just as much as Darth Maul did in his task, yet Qui-Gon gets a nod while, Mar- while Maul's name is nowhere to be found, which I agree 100% with this. Oh, because Maul has been dead for over 10 years by the time Episode 2 rolls around, and only the Jedi and Sidious know of his existence, so what's there to mention? Okay. Uh, Inquiring minds want to know Nick the Knight Nugent. So thank you, sir, for writing in. That was all of his uh, all of his topics, sir. Sweet. All right, and uh, we got uh, Sebastian writes in. He says, "Hello, Sweep the Lake Podcast. I give Phantom Menace a three point five seven out of five stars." He likes to rate everything in, in decimal points. That's how he does it. Uh, I see. Many of you may be wondering why I didn't include a review for the last three movies, which I haven't released Major League yet, so that's why no one's heard that yet. Uh, I didn't have a lot of time to compose an email saying how much I love or hate I have for the flick, so expect an epic email coming soon. And we have our final email, sir. And uh, this one comes from John the Mailman. And, uh, and he's got some good times here. He says, hello, Mike and Ty. How have you been? How have you been? I'm fine, so how are you? Uh, he He's a mailman. Uh, uh, he's got to worry about the, the zombie apocalypse. So. Oh, nice. Zombies. Yeah, it, he was fighting werewolves two weeks ago. So I told him to watch out for the zombies this week. Damn, I want to live where this guy is. He lives over in Philly. Okay, maybe not. I don't like the eagles. <laughs> Uh, no offense, dude. <laughs> he said, uh, "Sad to hear you gave up on New Girl, which I did. Uh, but it kind of sucked for a while. It kind of sucked for a minute, but it got pretty good again, which I'll take your word for. What did you think of the season finale of Being Human? I'd love to answer your question there, sir. Uh, I can't wait for season three. Um, I, I'm. I know you kind of expressed a little bit your thoughts on the season finale. Um, I know you don't want to give anything away. Spoil it for me, but." Uh, Rating-wise, what would you give the season finale, I guess? I'd probably go with like a four. Four? Okay, that's good. Uh, I was finally able to watch the watch a movie. Uh, been so busy. Uh, I've 
I began by saying I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan, but I do enjoy and like the movies. I saw episode one when it first came out, Midnight Showing, then again uh, when it came out on DVD. So it's been a while since I've seen them. And I wanted to do a rewatch, and now I have a reason. I didn't hate it when it came out. I didn't care about them telling us what makes you a Jedi and still don't today. Uh, it's a fun PG kids movie, and I had one of the best fights in it at the end, which you know we were just talking about family-friendly, uh, you know, related for the film, even though at the end that happens to Qui-Gon. So looks like other people picked up on that as well. So, uh, And he said, uh, at the end, double lightsaber, hot. That's that's what John the Mailman does. He's bringing back hot. That That's his thing. Everything's how about, hot. How about hot? Yeah, it was hot. 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 So I gave it a four star out of five. The Yoda looks so bad, and I feel it's a little too long. I really like the pod race, and I didn't hate Jar Jar, which reminds me, Jar Jar says hot in this movie, so he's okay in my book. <laughs> don't don't be hating on Mailman here. And uh, and he said he's got a lot of hate, and I can see why, but I'm cool with him. Have a great show, John the Mailman. I'm cool with it. You're cool with it. All right, sir, that is what we have for all of our Star Wars emails. So uh, let's get into the music spotlight, sir. All right, so Duel of the Fates. So, you love this song, don't you, sir? Oh, yeah. Great tune. So, when you listen to this song, do you just have that scene just running through your head the whole time? Oh, yeah. I replay the whole scene in my head. Good deal. Do you have the actual soundtrack to this or just that song? I think I just have the song. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, Would you rate it on your iTunes? I got mine at five stars for this Oh, I'd probably give that five. Yep. Good song. Good song. I love it. Yeah, it's good times. John Williams. Uh, You know, normally I don't play a a non-lyric song, but this song, just like The Crow, The Crow had to have music from the film put into it, which coincidentally Ty was on. And same thing for this one. Uh, Definitely have to play Battle or Duel of the Fates for this movie because the song kicks ass and uh and it's awesome good times hell yeah so sir um why don't you tell the people where they can find the podcast or do you not know on the internet on the internet so on facebook if you do not like the page already it's www.facebook.com slash sweep delay podcast and you can follow on twitter at stl podcast uh you can also follow ty on twitter right if you want people to follow you or do you not want stalkers following you sir i don't know i don't think i have stalkers anymore except for you just me that's uh, yeah that's okay um and you know i try not to stalk you too much but at super tie at super tie and i'm mike mac 1210 on twitter but i have it set to private so if you do not message me because i get a lot of porn stars that want to follow me for some weird reason so if you want me dude Masuda's a little player. Who would have thought? I am not a player. That's just those spammers, man. Don't you get, get those all the times? Uh, hey, my wife. I don't knows, get those. I don't know what you're talking about. Are you serious? I get those all the time. So and so wants to uh, wants Damn. to follow you, and then I look at it, and they have like their. <laughs> what follow- have you been you viewing on your browser? Nothing, man. This no, I know that's not my thing. I don't do that. No, I'm just saying that I have it. 
I had it set that way because of the fact of I always got this person's following you. And then I look them up and it's like, oh my gosh, what is this? So I had to delete all those people and then set it to private. So you need to message me if you want to personally follow me. Otherwise, the Sweep Delay podcast one, that's open for anybody. So porn stars alike. And then we have... uh, And then we have the STL group, as I said before. Uh, it's a Facebook group. It's super fun. It's the STL po- uh, the STL Nation Randomness. So just type that in, and then I will accept you, and it will be fun times. And, uh, and then don't forget the other shows. Uh, I also, you know, I got the Shadowy Flight. I just did a new episode today, so that will hopefully be coming to you soon. And I know Ty doesn't listen to it no more because when he found out that I'm now hosting a shadowy flight. He decided to delete that off of his iTunes feed. Oh, yeah, I totally deleted that. Couldn't have that no more. Right. Uh, but unfortunately, when Jason, you know, did his own episode, Ty never got to hear that because he deleted it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we got to, I got to have a talk with Jason. It's like, first I had to hear Dan through most of those episodes. Now I'm going <laughs> to hear you. I mean, geez. Uh, yeah. Um, Actually, I still have it on the feed. Oh, okay, cool. Um, and then after that, uh, Ty has podcasts, but he doesn't let nobody know about it. He has it uh, underground, uh, not found on iTunes, and you you need a special link to get to it. So you'll have yeah, to search for Punch the Gungan. Punch the yeah. See, uh, that's the secret to get to Ty's podcast. So. So yes, sir. That's uh, that's about it. Um, anything else you got to add or say or any of that other fun stuff? I'm good. So is the plan, sir, that you want to come on for episode two? I, I don't know. Am I invited? You are invited. I I'm doing the whole series, sir. And as far as I know of, it's just you were coming along for the ride on all the episodes. So I was just wondering if you still had that in mind. Sure. Why not? Awesome. Uh, as far as uh, when that will be posted, me and Ty have to talk behind the scenes about that. But uh, you can expect episode two to be coming to you very, very soon. So uh, that's what I got, guys. You uh, you want to sign off, sir, on your side, and then I'll sign off? Uh, well, what, am, what am I supposed to say? I don't know. It's come up with something funny, something that when people think of you, they have this saying in their head that they now associate with you on how cool you are. Uh, I don't think I'm very cool, so let's see. I- I'll get back to you on that. You'll get back to me on that? Yeah. All right. All right. So next episode, you'll you'll have something to come up with, right? Maybe so. All right. We'll cool. All right, guys. You take care. Smithsunas out. And in the meantime, the Force will be with you. Always. <laughs> oh, no.